If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington, and today I am joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit Turner. Hello, Ben, and indeed, hello, everybody. Just the two of us this week. Yeah, just the two of us. A nice, a cosy, cosy little recording, yeah? A little cosy cast. We can make it if we try. I'm sure it'll be a, a lovely time. A cosy we... cast, exactly. Yeah. Not that we Maybe... don't like having guests. It's lovely. Love it. But, you know, you get to, it's nice to be able to miss people, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Then it makes those guests, when they do arrive, extra special. Maybe we just couldn't get a guest because of the topic of today's film, which uh, some people find, well, some people are arachnophobic, it would seem. Yeah, it is. And to be fair, not just guests decline even. Usually my wife will watch most of the films we watch for the show together with me. We'll sit and watch them of a whenever I get around to watching them. And I said, oh, I've got a rack Absolutely not. Downstairs. You don't Hell mind. no. Watch that down there. See, I wouldn't call myself particularly arachnophobic. I'm not a huge fan of spiders. I haven't got posters of them on my walls. Um, but this one it does make my skin crawl. I'm very itchy when I'm watching it. I'm like, oh. They're proper creepy crawly spiders. And they do a lot with real spiders in this one as well. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. The spiders are great actors, is what you're saying. They're, They're good great. acting spiders. Do you have, Ben, speaking of real life arachnophobia, which is the film we're talking about today, and when you didn't read the title and went in blind, um, if have you got in your mind a size of spider where you convert from, I will pick this up with my hands to put it out of Ooh. the house, to I need I a glass? I will only pick up the ones with long spindly legs. I will also, only put those up. It's more of a girth situation for you then, is it? It's always more of a girth situation. I think anything where the leg is like very, very visible, having a, having a color scheme of of its own, yeah. Uh, rather rather than a little translucent fin, little wiry legs, 
um that's when i because then i just if i pick it up i just imagine it in my hand yeah like... i don't like a fat bodied spider to pick up no 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 i think like my size limit for spiders might be if they're of a size that i as a <laughs> as a fully grown human when i'm looking at it if i can perceive where its eyes are oh, like yeah. if, it, if it's that big i'm like like nah i'm getting a glass yeah. i'm getting it using the trusty old glass method to get you out of the house yeah, I think well, if I got gloves on now, I think all bets are off because I I recently like demolished a shed in my garden, and there were loads of spiders there. But because I had like gardening or not even gardening gloves, just like thick like heavy duty gloves, I was knocking them down. I was just pushing things out of the way. I was like, I was boxing them. I wasn't boxing them, but no fear, zero fear. But yeah, the skin on hand is is pretty pretty horrific, isn't yeah. it? Making yeah. sure that they didn't like get into your American football helmet or your slippers or into your lampshade while you were there. Yeah, or your or your sleeping bag or anything sleeping like that. Bag. Oh yeah, it does make Underneath you think. Your book of fa- near your book of fairy stories in your shower, all the places they'll get you in this film. They'll get you everywhere in the wine cellar. Um, yeah. that's they like that place the most. Um. Yeah, pretty pretty horrific, pretty terrifying. I mean, spiders do get a bad rap, don't they? And 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 old Julian Sands's character behind you, uh, Doctor James Atherton, does kind of explain that he's like spiders. They eat all these bugs. Uh, we'd be overrun if we don't have any spiders. There'd be bugs everywhere. Your floor, bugs. Yeah, you'd be absolutely chockers. You open the drawer, it's on your desk, full of bugs. If it weren't for spiders, <laughs> full of bugs. Open your fridge, up your arm, bugs. Put it in your mouth. Yeah. Mm. Everybody you'd yeah. bugs. Yeah, I appreciate that spiders are... We'd be eating bugs. I think we'd be eating bugs because there's so many of them. Um, Everything would be made from bugs. Like... Yeah. Your house. Everything's just... Lego. Yeah, your house. <laughs> Lego, your house. Uh, This mug I'm drinking from right now, just made of, of, of bugs. Yeah, if, you, um, if you... If it wasn't for spiders, I, I'm quite comfortable from the teachings of Dr. James Atherton that if it wasn't for spiders... You'd wake up one morning, you'd yawn, you'd stretch, you'd turn around to your partner, say good morning. Never guess what? There'd be bugs, mate. They'd just <laughs> it'd be like when bugs it'd be like when Bugs Bunny makes like a sexy woman to trip your 70 Sam out of dynamite and then blows him up. But oh, except yeah. it'd be bugs that just formed into the shape of a person. We've all been there. Yeah. As, as somebody be as so a... thank you, spiders, if you're listening. As somebody who lived in other countries as well, like what is the spider population of, of Korea like, for example? Remember having a different spider experience. Like there definitely were spiders, but I think it was the same. Yeah. Um, but they're, like they're a, working hard over there, keeping the mosquitoes down because it's a country hot enough to get mozzie bites. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's not like a Australia scenario. No, it's where not like an obviously, Australia scenario. We're obviously, they're the size of your head. That's yeah. just standard, all right? You just get into a taxi at the airport and there's one driving it, all right? Oh, sorry, Australia, <laughs> take good day. Good day. Um, um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of terrifying. One, one thing that scares... I don't think it happens very... I don't think it's a real thing, but in films, when spiders are all like... <laughs> I'll make like a hiss noise when they're coming at you. Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, I know there are hissing spiders, aren't there? But... The thought of that, like the sp- the hissing spider or the spider that like hides under a rock, huntsman, hunt something like that. Little trapdoor spider, yeah. Little trapdoor spider leaps out and gets you. That's scary. Um, don't like that. Um, tarantulas in Resident Evil used to scare me a lot. When you kill them, all the little spiders come out. That's pretty terrifying. 
but you know, luckily tarantulas of that size don't actually exist. Yeah. We just have, like, comparatively, the spiders we were just freaking out. Sorry if you live in a country where spiders are actually big. The biggest spider we get here will be nothing compared to to what you face. Yeah. But, you know, you have to it's... get a glass and a sturdy bit of card. I always think that. Like, the UK is a weird sort of anomaly, isn't it? Where, like, the spiders aren't big. The weather is not, like, mad. <laughs> there are no earthquakes or hurricanes yeah. or anything like that. It's one type it's of just... snake which isn't poisonous enough to actually make you anything more than I feel a bit poorly and they're super, yeah. super rare. There's not really any scary animals out and about in the wild. I know there are... Well, what are there? What's the scariest animal? Scariest that... animal in the UK? <laughs> a, I tell you what, I think bag... it probably is. A ben. wolf? I ain't got any no. wolves. It's them bloody, no. it's bloody type of dog. Those ones they got down Westminster. That's what I'm talking about. They're the scariest animals <laughs> we got ever here. Pigs. I, was, I was thinking, a corgi? What are you on about? They're lovely. They got big, juicy bums. Uh, yeah. So, so basically, yeah. If you if you don't live in the UK, it is a weird like anomaly where everything's kind of. I mean, it is a bit shit, but things are like kind of safe. There's no extreme weather, no extreme insects, no Even extreme like badgers. Right? Like badgers are probably the biggest like land predator that wouldn't get you as a person. But for any American listeners, the badgers that you have. And not like the badgers we have here. The badgers here would like invite you around to the house for for tea and biscuits. <laughs> you've you've watched too much Wind in the Willows. <laughs> yeah, might be a bit gruff, bit bit grumpy, but they're not going to be dangerous. <laughs> Tubercul- what tuberculosis? That thing. Brian I did May see a badger once. I did. I was. I was when we lived in Swindon. I stepped out of the house, and some drunk men were because we lived down the road from a pub. Some guys were just standing there, and they heard like a like a, like a clicking sound. This badger just went absolutely tearing it down the thing his tongue was hanging out he looked wow and these guys like jumped out of his way they were like well he, he, his tongue was hanging out like he was just loving life he was yeah, he just just sprinting down the road having a mad That's one awesome. having a mad one he'd had a mad one yeah um okay before we talk about all wildlife um uk-based wildlife let's talk about some horror news just before we started um, recording this episode, the trailer, so I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I will direct you to it, listeners. Uh, the Nun 2 trailer has just dropped. Valak, the demonic nun, guess what they've said, is back in the habit this September. No, they haven't <laughs> said that in the actual copy. No, 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 no. no. Well, in the in the copy on bloodydisgusting.com, uh, okay. other, other horror news websites are available, but that is the one that I like to look at the most. Um Return so Valak returns in the Nun Two from director Michael Chavez. So he directed Curse of La Llorona, The Country, and The Devil Made Me Do It. So clearly they've got they're taking it seriously. You know this is one of the main installments of the Country and Universe. Um, because they've got a director who's who's even done a mainline installment, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So the first synopsis: nineteen fifty six, France. A priest is a priest is murdered, and evil is spreading. The sister to the worldwide smash hit The Nun follows Sister Irene. It said sequel. Sorry, I read the wrong line. The sister, <laughs> Sister Irene, as she once again comes face to face with the demor- demonic force Valak, the demon nun. How did how did the Valak, the demon nun, come to be? Just was. Always um, was. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember. I have seen the original, but it scared up. This is the like. This is their words. A whopping three hundred sixty-five million at the worldwide box office. I think it just goes to show that a trailer with jump scares pretty much just does the world of good. It attracts a certain type. Of, it, it, I think it films like this attract 
not necessarily what I would call horror fans. I think they're kind of just junkies for this kind of a good, movie with a good mainstream audience, though. Like it's been said before, mm. like you won't, you'll never top the box office charts with things that are, you know, very good films. Like you know, I'd say some of the scariest mainstream released horror cinema, things like your Midsummers and so on, that attract mm-hmm. a more horror centric audience will never get the box office return then you get something like this which has got accessibility for lots of people like your smiles like your halloweens like your yeah so i reckon it'll do well i don't i'm not overly I'm sure surprised. it will i'm not no i mean i don't i watched i didn't watch it in cinemas the the, the none but i did watch it 2021 apparently so i my review just says a non-event <laughs> i think it was literally like one of those films where i'm like because I think the setup, the location, like a monastery or wherever it is, like France in the 50s or the 40s, whenever the first one was set. Um, and the antagonist, the nun, is scary. Scary looking. Yeah. Like it should it should be like the perfect horror film. But it just felt like it just had it was just incredibly underwhelming. So, I mean, I will watch the nun too, just because I like to. I like to, you know, I like to be a completionist when it comes to these things. I still need to watch some some of the Insidious movies I haven't seen before that one comes out in Re- the Red Door, which is like this week, next week, soon. It's soon. Yes, yeah, end of this month. Is it the end of this month? Oh, okay. oh no, sorry, well, that's um. Talk to me. If it's the end of the month. It's very oh, soon. Yeah. So this week, so maybe. Very soon. So I don't think we're gonna do a mainline um episode, and that is because we've only covered the original. We haven't covered two, three, or for what was that one called the key the missing key the last, the, last the key. final key there was something like that um so we're gonna i think we're gonna do like a bite-sized episode on it i guess whoever whoever whichever one of us decides to go and see it at the cinema um will we'll do a little bite-sized episode so we will still cover that um but yeah i'm sure we'll cover the nun so it's coming out in september which is not that long away so there we go. There's that one. I will go and watch that trailer because I don't really care about spoilers when it comes to that. And plus, if it's a if it's a mainstream horror movie, I'm and I go to the cinema a lot. I'm going to see it in the cinema a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. but come the come the end, I think I'd seen the trailer for what Smile, probably about a hundred times. Yeah, that one got way. heavily trailered, right? So yeah, you'll probably have seen. You're not going to be able to escape the nun. You're not going to be able to escape quite. Valak for days. Um, Valak for days. Okay, I've got another trailer for a movie called Brightwood, which sees a married couple trapped in a vicious time loop. Jen and Dan's marriage is on the rocks with when Jen seriously thinking about ending it for good. But when the couple go on a jog around a local pond in an attempt to hash things out, it must be a big pond, they find themselves running in circles as the exit trail vanishes and they repeatedly return to the same spot. Um, apparently there's a silent hooded killer appears and tracking them down. So... Yeah, time crimes vibes, uh, maybe triangle vibes, sort of stuff like that, um, with a time loop and some other weird stuff going on. But it's been described as being inspired by things like Twilight Zone and Blair Witch Project. So it's based on a short a short film called The Pond. And this, tra- this trailer's out now and it's going to be out on demand August the 22nd. Sounds great. So, I'm into that. Well, we've got, yeah, well, we've got a big old mainstream release. There's a little, a smaller one for you as well. Oh, um, very nice. But a, and a nice little segue. Fin on the ground for for a lot of horror news this week. But a nice segue, and I guess horror adjacent, would be that James Wan's Blumhouse movie, 
Uh, sorry, not James Wan. Jason Blum from Blumhouse. Blumhouse himself, Mr. Blumhouse. Updates on the Spawn movie. So apparently it's coming out in 2025. Okay. Um, Spawn creator Todd McFarlane, McFarlane is on board in some in some sense. Um, I don't know if we got a director, but Jamie Foxx is still attached to star as a title character. So if you're not familiar with it, obviously Spawn is the sort of like, how would you describe him? He um, is a... He's like a CIA assassin that gets betrayed and goes to hell. And yeah. the devil, or a form of the devil called devil. Mark Biology, says, do you want to run my army and be a spawn? He says, all right, I will. I um, will. If you let me come back and see my wife, sort of gets a bit betrayed and says, ha, I'll let you see your wife. But only after she's forgotten about it and has got married to someone else. Oh, betrayed him. twice. Um, oh, look. So it's Michael J. White in the original, isn't it? And... Uh... Yeah. John Leguizmo as that. What's that? John Leguizamo as the as the violator, the clown. <laughs> what did I say? Leguizmo. Leguizmo. <laughs> John Bloody Leguizmo. He's bloody, he's Sid from Ice Age. Um, um, all I remember of it because I did watch it quite a bit in the nineties because I think I had it on video. Is the most CGI'd cape or suit? It's a very shiny CGI'd cape. Spawn could be an excellent movie, and and we'll go and see it for for good or ill. Oh, yeah, definitely. And if Jamie Foxx ends up, you know, that's some serious acting chops. Uh, no disrespect to Michael J. White, but his career since, well, his career in full is usually some dodgy films and some straight to DVD stuff. So someone like Jamie Foxx could probably add a bit more weight to the character. Spawn could be um, good. I'd like to see if they, how far into the the horror elements you know it's got some police yeah. procedural stuff and some like serial killer hunting and stuff like that in the sport in the spawn comics early doors as well as some really truly weird stuff that goes on but yeah uh, you know what i'd want to see is i'd want to see them lean into a horror angle of it i could do without another more mobius morbius that you know ah. didn't that didn't pick up enough on the horror for me morbius could well, have been good i maintain it could have been good now you've mentioned Morbius, we're going to have to very, very briefly mention Craven the Hunter as well, even though it's not horror at all. Um, what's going on? <laughs> what, um, what's going on? He's got I a mean, bit of lion blood in him by the look of things, and he's got hunter powers. That's, I mean, here's the thing, right? I love the fact that, that characters that I've sort of grown up reading in comics and watching in cartoons are getting movies. Because it's cool, because it's like 20 years ago, you'd be like, what a, a movie all about Craven the Hunter? However, it seems like they're all taking the same sort of route, which is anti-hero, misunderstood anti-hero. Um, these are like Spider-Man's main foes. Now I know more Michael Morbius, in a way, is tragic in his own right. Um, should have put him in Blade instead for many reasons. Should have put him in Blade, yeah. But Craven the Hunter, you know, he's a nasty bastard. He's killing. He's killing Spider-Man's loved ones. He's he's a bad putting man, a black suit yeah. on. He's a bad yeah. man. I don't want to see. I sorry. Welcome to the niche comic <laughs> references. But isn't his brother the chameleon? Oh yeah, possibly. Yeah. And he's got wait. and he's got and he's got a brother in the trailer that's like a little weedy guy. He'd probably good at doing disguises. And also, Russell Crowe is in the trailer, and yeah. Russell Crowe is already. In the Marvel Universe. I know it's the Sony Marvel Universe, but he's already... What's his flavour? Zeus. Yeah. Uh, it just oh, makes well. me... Yeah, yeah, who cares? <laughs> but, yeah. But, but, but I think what I'm saying is, look, 
I hope I know it's not a Sony one, but when Blade, when we do find out more about Blade, it's not the same sort of thing. Um, well, Blade's not a, a bad guy as such, but still, it seems to be going down the same sort of route, which is misunderstood anti-hero. Um, has an origin story. Why does he become bad? Oh, you're one bad be, day. Well, there'll be there'll be an end credit sequence where the guys, someone will turn up. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Michael Keaton will turn up and go. Yeah, they're at this Spider-Man fellow, and he goes, "All right, tell me more." Oh, oh the yeah. end. Oh my god, <laughs> just absolute nuts. Okay, um, that's it for horror news. I guess we'll do a little bit of what we've been watching. A little bit longer since our last episode. It's been about a week and a half, so probably a few more things to cover. Andy, you said you've got a lot to cover, so do you I have fly through an absolute bonanza. Got... Not oh, going to share too much on some of these, but um, I've had a really good week for seeing. Some stuff that I, some stuff I'd never heard of before. Some stuff I was looking forward to seeing. I'm going to touch on everything in the briefest of of ways. So, before after we did that film, we talked about the barn parts doing Witchboard last week. So I've done a bite-sized episode on Witchboard. We'll come to more of that in a minute. But I watched the scary of sixty first on Shudder. Very surreal, sort of dreamlike elements, but loads of real time political commentary about the Jeffrey Epstein scandal and lots of other conspiracy and conspiracy theories around that as well. You know, the subject of his death, the involvement of the British Royal family and Prince Andrew. I had no idea what I was expecting from this film. It's really weird. There are elements of it towards the end, not entirely, but some of the character interactions and some of the madness that it degrades into think possession. Um, for oh, some okay. of the for some of the character moments as well, just these characters absolutely losing it. I'm really, really interesting, really strange. I feel it would be polarizing. You'll either love it or hate it. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I watched Soft and Quiet, which is those people in the in like a rural community. Uh, they're like having a little um, sort of um, local women's association um, chat guess what turns out this isn't a spoiler because it's in the first five minutes turns out they're all nazis and they get worse and it's incredibly uncomfortable um again horrific um an interesting watch your mileage may vary i watched the black demon which you've done a bite-sized about um yes funny little shark could give you some visions on it yeah i mean but there's it's a weird one there's not much shark in it is there no not too much shark no, just, not too much. Shit. Just a dad and corporate pressure. A dad who, like, I don't know, bit of a dick? Yeah, he's a, he's a bad like, man. <laughs> yeah, he's a bad man. Why am I rooting for this he's guy? Bad dad. Um, so, yeah, bad dad and um, the, the true villain is oil, not, not sharks. Mm. After that, though, Ben, some absolute belters for this week. So some strange ones, nothing there, apart from maybe the Black Demon that I actively wouldn't recommend um those of us were good but some strong recommendations the signal uh 2014 film by william eubank um the actor you will most definitely recognize from it is lawrence fishburne some people go they're following a signal by this hacker that's been taunting them and they something happens to them and they end up in this um like controlled government place where they're being interviewed by scientists. It's a really fun sci-fi story. Um, 
pretty tense. Uh, I wouldn't say it's horror necessarily, like horror adjacent sort of sci-fi. If you listen to popular short stories program, the the other stories on your podcast app of choice, got a very other stories feel to it. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I watched Galaxy of Terror, which is a 1981 sci-fi horror movie where people go to a weird alien planet and then experience their worst fears manifested by this weird entity. Some hard sci-fi in this. Uh, And Freddy Krueger's in it as well. Not as Freddy Krueger. Robert England is in it as a normal man on a space traveling mission. Um, I watched 1987's Dolls, um, which was on the the Forbidden Worlds Film Festival in Bristol that I missed. That's an all-timer for me. It's brilliant. It's great. I can't wait to watch it again. I've thrown it on the episode list. We'll say no more about it. It is a good horror hangout yeah. um, film. A, I've always kind of thought we should we should cover that. So yeah, let's get that on the on the upcoming episodes. It's really good. Uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. I caught up, Ben. I don't need to know that you're suffering on your own. I watched Book of Shadows, Colin Blair Witch 2, so I'm with you. Oh yeah, I did see you say that, yeah. Um, uh, is that a fir- first time watch for uh, you? First time since I saw it at the cinema. Oh yeah. <laughs> I went to the cinema back in the year 2000 and watched it. Um you know what? I I admit that it was a bad film. But I had some fun with it. Like I had some, some Yeah, there's some, some fun to be had. Brilliant definitely. laughs like, at some of the performances, absolute belters. Like the uh the trip to the grocery store. The trip for, to the the Kim's trip to the character. grocery store with Kim's character and also speaking of Kim um Who's also called Kim in real life? I think they're all everyone in that film we yeah. worked out is is their character names is yeah it's like yeah. Keith Chegwood in extras when he well, <laughs> just going to like, change your character name to Keith. Looks like her name is Kim director. Her name should be Kim actor, but um, <laughs> it's true. But yeah, it's no true. one has ever been no one has ever been more perfectly genetically designed to be a to be a goth character in the year two thousand than Kim director. Oh, exactly. Um, yeah. So that was that was that I. Loved the new metal soundtrack and um, the late 90s representation of what being in a mental health facility is like, just shaking around real fast. Shaking around, like some sort of white froth coming out your mouth. Yeah, just hammering yourself into walls. Ah! Um, After you mentioned it, and I've finally owned the fact that I was really far behind it, I've started a journey on Black Mirror. So nice. I watched the first three, the original three. So series one, I watched the national anthem, 15 million merits with Daniel Kaluuya. Not with him, he was oh, in yeah. it. Um, yeah, he wasn't there on your side. And the, and the entire history of you with that recall thing. Oh, and, God. Um, Jodie Whittaker's in it. I tell you what, both the, both the best merits, and the worst I was so sad ever. by the end. Yeah, it's definitely one of those, isn't it? Yeah, I've 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 finished season six now, and there is a particular episode in season six, and I won't spoil anything. Horror chops, uh, like a twist, and it goes in a very horror direction. Um, and I liked it. I've seen a lot of people say they didn't like it and they didn't like the twist, but I was like, I'm in. I like it. It needed. It was an episode that needed something, and then it gave us something. So I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to carrying on through it because it's been really good and it's absolutely astounding that I've not started them before this point in life, mm. but. On the home stretch, Ben, I told you it's been a busy week. I watched Witchboard 2 from 1993. Oh, yeah. I don't really want to say much about this. I think we should put it out there. We're live on the air. Um, 
we should maybe do a double of both of them because whereas Witchboard One has some interesting ideas, but yeah, you know, maybe has a little bit of slow pacing. I thought Witchboard Two was really good. It's funny. Yeah, well, it's funny. It's got some really creative and good kills. Probably best hmm. poltergeist related kills I've ever seen in a movie. Oh wow! Okay. It's, yeah, there's some absolutely crazy stuff that goes on in it. It's um, so I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, then I watched former episode topic Lake Mungo, an interesting piece. You guys have recorded two hours on that. I don't need to say anything more. Oh wow! Um, Wait, have you seen that before? No, no, never. Oh my god! So what did you think of the big? Uh, without detailing it, because a lot of people may not have seen it, what did you think of the big scare? I, I, I loved it. I thought it was really like I wouldn't necessarily yeah. say it was a scare. It gave you that no. same sort of sort of disquieting feeling that I remember from yeah. very particularly. You know, when you watch crime reconstructions on Crime Watcher when you're a kid, and it freeze frames on the burglar looking at you out of the thing, you think. Yeah. even though that's an actor pretending to be a burger i'm chilled to the bone it was <laughs> i'm chi- chilled to the bone it, it was, was chilling yeah. it was chilling more than it is scary it was chilling but also i was like wait am i getting it right is that what what's happened and i love i love the reveal yeah. after the reveal after the reveal i mean again no spoilers we listened to the episode for that but um the bit with the neighbors i did not see coming something else <laughs> <laughs> oh right oh god yeah 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 okay yeah we um there, there was that um we're almost there ben sorry everyone who worked. we put time codes in this but um <laughs> saint maud i finally got around to watching that after a oh, yeah, nice. missed it all the way through lockdown and everything like that i enjoyed it um some real visceral like moments particularly towards the end um uh and yeah, it's a really, really good, mm-hmm. strong, character-driven standalone piece with a lot to unpick about what's actually going on with the characters. It shows yeah. you more than it tells you, and there's a lot of depth you can pull out of that. But what I've learned from my reaction to that versus films like Witchboard and the next film I watched, which was Frankenhooker, is that I'm deeply a silly person, and what I want is ridiculous over oh, the top. I love, Fra- I love Frankenhooker. Frankenhooker was. I think Frankenhooker is my favorite. Is my favorite of the three, like Basket Case. Um, what's his name? The director. Oh, um, putting you on the spot there. I, I'm very sorry, but yeah. So my Frank and Helen Lotter is the is Frank Helen Lotter is the yeah. Frank Henenlotter, so obviously the director of um, Basket Case and um, Brain Damage as well. Yeah. But I, yeah, I genuinely think out of all those three, like sort of main sort of installments of of those sort of franchises, my favorite, Frank yeah. and Hooker, I think. Just loved it. Yeah. You've, we've never done a Frank and Hooker episode, right? We You talked about it with Alice when you did Basket Case. I think so, yeah. Tell you what, Ben, this has been a week for stuff that I want on the on, yeah. on, on the list. Frankenhooker was so good. Yeah. Yeah, great. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, mm. but yeah, last other last, last, last thing. Um some of you may remember that in the Halcyon days of 2020, there was a short-lived um entertainment platform called Quibi, which was designed for mobile content, perfect for you to absorb on your commutes. Now, for reasons unbeknown to many people, for some reason in 2020 in the surrounding time, things that were designed to be absorbed on commutes didn't take off in the same way that they expected it to. 
Um, and Quibi had a load of original content, which just learning about now that disappeared. Um, one of them was um, a, a, uh, a series called uh, 50 States of Scared. Um, and it was... Uh, it's a it's an original horror horror series. So episodes are presented in sort of ten minute ish chunks, two or three episodes per story. So you know 20, 30 minute little short horror stories. Um, the first one of which, the Golden Arm, is a, a based on a traditional story passed down orally, most famously told by Mark Twain, but made into film by Sam Raimi. Um, so a Sam Raimi directed oh. horror short about a uh, like a vain lady who loses an arm in an accident and almost bankrupts her family, getting a golden arm um, <laughs> grafted on. And when she passes away, oh, yeah. she uh, asks her husband at her bedside on her deathbed, Ben, that he will mm. bury her with her golden arm. And he does. He keeps that promise. But then the recession hits and he's fallen on hard times. So what does he have to bloody do? Go and get that golden arm back. Um, it's really good. It's really, really good. I've watched the first four of the season now. and We've had four, all of them, really, really compelling shorts. Really good actors that you'd recognise in them. Um, a lot of it is available on YouTube at the moment. Um I would love to see more people seek this out because it's really, really good. And actually, like, I think it's a really interesting format that you had them in these little 10 minute snippets. Obviously, you can watch them all together now, but um, it, it's something that's really sad that it kind of sunk without a trace. Yeah. Because of the, because I, this platform I, didn't go well and has disappeared. I've never even heard of it. Quibble. Oh, it's, it's really good. Really, mm. really loved it. I'm going to blitz through the rest of this series. Yeah. Sounds good. Was that everything? Yeah, that was a bonanza. Sorry, everyone who's not here for what we've been watching. Get your watch lists out if you are here, because I would honestly, with the exception yeah. of the Black Demon, that you could maybe skip or wait until it's just on TV. Um, mm. Watch any of those. There is something for everyone, but especially Dolls, Frankenhooker, and Witchboard 2, and mm. 50 States of Scared. Mm. Um, I've only got How a couple of you? things I'll blip. I'll blitz through those as well. So obviously last week when we spoke about the entity with Leanne, um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go and check that out. And, and I definitely kind of remember some of it. So I think I've maybe seen some bits of it. Um, but the fact that it's like based on a true story is kind of mad. Like obviously it's been dramatized for, for movies, but I mean, it is harrowing and difficult to watch because like, it's a story of where the assailant, somebody who's like assaulting a woman over and over is like this unseen like unbelievably strong like ghostly force mm -hmm. but like the experts the experts like are really like gaslighting the victim throughout so essentially there's like two antagonists in this film a sort of rapey poltergeist and people saying ah you've imagined it you sure what your son who came in and did it to you <laughs> bloody naysayers and you know what there's a, there's a bit of a, a mad sort of final act um but apart from that like it is genuinely like harrowing and quite creepy as well um 
So yeah, I I recommend that definitely. It stars Barbara Hershey, who you will recognise as the mother of Patrick Wilson's character in the Insidious franchise. Okay, um, little connection she, she, I think she's the mum in Black Swan as well, isn't she? Yeah. Um, so yeah, a little connection there. I also watched a Shudder original called Brooklyn Forty Five, um, which is directed um by Ted Gogan. Sorry, okay. Ted Gogan. I'm very, I'm very sorry for that. I've, I've have I seen one of his movies before? No. So he, he directed a movie called We Are Still Here and another one called Mohawk in 2017. This is uh set in 1945 after the war has been won. Loads of like veterans with PTSD. Loads of them has got bloody xenophobia and they're scared of everyone. What's that? You got an accent? Terrifying. <laughs> um, it's a spooky like single location film. It feels like theater. Sure, because it's like a because it's like a single location, it feels more like theater. But like I don't know, I just felt like I was watching a sort of a show. Um, it's good. There's some. Oh, it, it is spooky, but it's not like straight up horror. It's more of like a sort of character study of all these different characters. Gets a bit hokey in places, you know, when characters are talking and you're just like, all right, the left it. leg in, the left leg out. Yeah, yeah. They're just like going on and on and on. And I'm like, show us some stuff. Um, so it's, it's very dialogue heavy, but I still recommend it. It's, it's still like a very unique sort of film. Um, and apart from that, nothing else horror because it's been a bit of an Indiana Jones week because I saw Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny in cinemas. And then I went back and watched the original trilogy. I haven't got around to the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull yet. Um, but I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, Last Crusade. And you know what? There are some horror elements in these in these films. Raiders of the, Raiders of the Lost Ark in particular, because I used to be terrified of the Ark of the Covenant being opened and like pe- people's faces melting um, with some great practical effects. That was super spooky. And you know what? There is something terrifying about going into a, a scary temple. And I think that's why... Going into a Temple why, of Doom where a man called Kalimar would eat your heart out. Eat your heart out? Let you put his bloody hand in your chest Um, it's what i've always loved sort of like like lara croft and tomb raider stuff and uncharted and that like these sort of jet setting um country hopping adventures i just find there's something really really love any film where there's a map that you can like oh yeah traveling across as soon as the map turns up i'm like hell yeah um but yeah obviously the original trilogy razor lost ark i think is a perfect adventure film Last Crusade is probably my second favorite out of the three, just because I like the the, the dynamic between Harrison Ford and mm-hmm. Sean Connery. Uh, Temple of Doom is all right. Short round. Is it? Do you know Temple of Doom is like a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, it's set before. Uh, th- what What have I been doing in my life where I didn't even notice that? Probably watching Never it paid... as a child <laughs> and yeah. not being like, I'll make a yeah. note of this detail. Um. And you know what? The Dial of Destiny is. I've seen it getting a a, a bit of a bad rap. Mads Mikkelsen, great complex interesting villain um phoebe waller bridge i've never really seen her in anything i've heard her voice in like star wars stuff i think she was a mm-hmm. voice of a robot in han solo i've never watched fleabag so in a way i was a bit like oh bloody hell phoebe waller bridge ah oh, really is that the best is that the best we could get you know what i think she's really charming in it you and ever watch uh, uh, like the fleabag one woman show where she's just it's pretty much the condensed program where it's just her doing it yeah bearing in mind that she wrote it and i saw a i saw a recording of a like like mm. live broadcast where she's on stage doing it as someone who i don't really act but i write you think oh, fucking hell why do you bother because it's so good oh right One really really good um yeah like <laughs> she's really talented she's working on loads of different she's doing tomb raider now 
Yeah, exactly. Doing Tomb Raider. So it's strange because I think of it, she's, you wouldn't think she had like any action chops, but you know what? She's got like, she's like an unconventional sort of action star in there. She does some like cool, cool stuff. And it's one of those things. There was, there's like a section of the film where like Harrison Ford's de-aged and it looks a bit dodgy, but I think that you can't get better better than what is shown on screen in this um and the movie's climax overall is like a bit i mean i liked it it was like whoa this is really gone somewhere mad um but i think i had fun with it overall i think it's just seeing hearing a john williams score an original john john williams Mm -hmm. score as well like he's done the whole score it's not like just his themes um is great and james mangold who directed it he's obviously a great director um and I just think it's got like a sort of back to basics, down to earthness to it that perhaps if Steven Spielberg directed it, it wouldn't have had that. But there's I, something. I will go and see it. I'm looking forward to going to see Indy. I haven't. I see the same. Like I've seen the people that have maybe said, "Oh, it wasn't the same." But um, the lesson I've taken yeah. away recently is that you've got to think of these things on their own merits. You can't necessarily recapture the feeling you had if you loved it in. You know the yeah. the nineteen eighties uh, reminds me of now. It's a lesson I've taken away forever, Ben. I, you know, I've occasionally been watching old Twilight Zones and stuff like that as well. Yeah, there yeah, is yeah. from the Go first on. series, the Twilight Zone. I watched it before last week's episode. So, but it was called, I think it's called Walking Distance or something like that. Mm. And it's about a man who is a salesman who has a busy life who stops at a garage for an oil change near the town he grew up in, and he wanders back to town and then finds himself in the most memorable summer of his childhood and he sees himself as a young boy and he sees his parents and he tries to go and talk to people and he terrifies them and all of these things happen but then eventually after some events have unfolded he's kind of sitting there lamenting it on a um merry-go-round and his dad comes up to him and he says oh when you when you were at our house and we argued earlier you dropped your wallet and i've looked in there and i can see you are somehow my son and you've you've grown up and this is what you've you know, you become a fine man and all this stuff. But then he says, like, you can't stay here. You have to go. This isn't your mm. summer. This is so. This is the younger version of you summer. This is this is the time for someone else. This isn't the time for you to come back and have this feeling that you had then. This yeah. is somebody else's time. And that's the lesson yeah. I'll put out to all those other folks that, like, you, you mm. can like or dislike this one, but it hasn't ruined Indiana Jones. Those old things still exist. No. And you can't recapture. It's the same with new Star Wars or to be, to be fair, like what Marvel movies have been running for like 15 years now or whatever in their current format and like MCU stuff and what have you. And mm-hmm. you'll get people coming into it now. Then the new stuff will come out and they go, oh, but yeah, it's not like when it was like when I watched those first ones, like like the Iron Man and what have you. Like it's it's going to be different and time moves on and don't try and recapture those things how they were then because the past is a foreign country. Just move on yeah. and let other people have their time in the sun. Watch the episode of The Twilight Zone. It's really good. Yeah, Profoundly good. affected me. I mean, it's better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Dial of Destiny, I would say. I think that there are definitely some bits in that where you're like, oh, this is this is a bit naff. Monkeys and CGI stuff. apes. Um, CGI apes. Um, Shia LaBeouf uh, playing a character called Mutt. Something yeah. like that. I guess is um, that because they named him after the dog. Is that, the, is that a gag? I can't remember. Um, but there we go. That is pretty much all I've been watching this week, apart from the film of the week. Uh, 
at the top of the show. We already talked a little bit about it, so we will mention it again. If you're in any way scared of eight-legged freaks, eight-legged spideys, or, you know, or maybe let with less legs, there's still a spider, you know, even if you lost a leg, you still count as a spider. You don't lose your identity in that way. I'm just rambling. However, the film of the week is Arachnophobia, which is a 1990 American horror comedy film directed by Frank Marshall in his directorial debut. Stars Jeff Daniels and John Goodman. Uh, the film follows a small California town that becomes invaded by an aggressive and dangerous spider species. Um, so, in terms of ratings, it got 6.5 on IMDb, 93% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 54% audience score, 30, sorry, 3.2 on Letterboxd, and some choice reviews. Jacob Knight says, Insanely silly hybrid which plays like Joe Dante remade Gremlins and Jewels only with spiders. Three and a half stars. Misha Beatty says, Honestly, I was more invested in Daniels' medical practice and wine cellar woes than the spiders. Three stars. Kodiak says, Creepy, crawly, high-class B-movie fun. Three and a half stars. And Archive, I don't know if that's the name of their thing or this, this, this review's just been archived. I don't know if it's a bad or a good thing, but every time that John Goodman's off screen, I'm like, where the hell's John Goodman? Is he okay? And I only focused on that <laughs> for the whole movie. Two and a half stars. Um, yes. So there we go. Um, weird this one, because if you look back and watch the trailer after so many years, it is the trailer is just straight up billed as like a comedy film. You watch it. It's got the sort of kooky, upbeat, fun music, like when John Goodman arrives oh, in this bur- film. Bur- 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 yeah. And it's like, <laughs> what sad. would you do? If spiders ruined your like, it's proper like that. And there might be more than one trailer. There might be another trailer because obviously it is a PG thirteen horror movie. So in a way, it's supposed to be family friendly, kind of kid friendly, maybe like a um an an entry level horror for for sort of young fans. I definitely saw it when I was pretty young, and I remember it being like the definitive sort of scary spider film. I guess what else have we got? Or eight-legged freaks in terms of like modern eight-legged ones. Eight-legged freaks again, much later, right? Nothing at the time. Much later, yeah. But that's like, um, I mean, you would say that was way more of a horror comedy than perhaps this one is. Because in this one, nothing's really played for laughs except maybe John Goodman's character a bit. Yeah. Everything but, else is played pretty straight. Yeah, like, I don't know how it can be called. There'll like sometimes be funny lines, won't there? Like, you know, the bits where... Yeah, there are some there are some funny lines. They have little they have little exchanges, fun little character exchanges. But well, it's yeah, not that's, that's a comedy. Like they're not of... they're not necessarily jokes. They're just a couple of quips on occasion. They're a couple of quips, like pointing poking fun at like the small town environment. Um, of the small town in this reminded me a bit of the town in the Elvira movie, uh, Mistress yeah. of the Dark, where just like. Yeah, everyone's completely stuck in their ways. They've got like one doctor, one doctor who's on his last legs. Um, you know, sort of stuck in a bit of a time warp. Time, yeah. And yeah. it's just one of those places. And obviously, as often with these small town scenarios in movies, an outsider comes in, upsets the natural balance of things. Um, on as well as a, an external threat coming alongside it so it's almost like he's bloody made this happen he has dr death <laughs> yeah dr. Ha- death. the harsh words words of the of the small town yeah this is yeah there's like it is got, it has got a very classic feel to it and even the poster looking at it again it's got like this amblin like et like hand-painted kind of 
feeling to yeah. it, which has so, the family movie elements of it mixed in with what I would have said so think, as a kid is very horror centric. Yeah, now you said the Amblin stuff. I think Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, was involved in some way because um, Frank Marshall produced something possibly for Spielberg. Um, and Spielberg is an, ex- an executive producer on this film, and Amblin Entertainment received a production credit as well. So, yes, like in the any sort of family friendly, slightly horror adjacent stuff in the 80s and 90s with this sort of Amblin feel. I heard someone talking about Amblin Entertainment recently where they said it's almost like Amblin films are like a genre of their own. Yeah. Because you just, you can watch like four or five minutes of an Amblin film and kind of like get the vibe and it's really hard to recreate you know we, there, there are plenty of films that try to recreate it but they never really feel quite right do they yeah looking at the poster again for arachnophobia i think what if you're really hard to distill what the elements of uh an amblin movie are but if you're looking at the poster you see look at the the main poster of the film which is like a moon uh like a full moon with a spider coming down on a on a piece of silk uh, overlook uh, in a valley overlooking the town and on this image there is the horizon where it's mostly a night sky but there's just a little bit of sunset and there's some lovely wispy clouds and you've got that color and that bit of sky yeah. for me that is an amblin film that that yeah. sky is what like if you said like oh draw an amblin film that's what the sky is going to look like it's always always getting a bit dark yeah it's kind of like it's a cinematography. It's the kind of actors that they have and they're the characters they sort of play, like a family man who's going up against it in some way and overcoming the odds. Um, the soundtrack, I don't know who did the soundtrack for this film, but there's always something about it. Like it's kind of it's kind of whimsical. It's it's kind of lighthearted, but at the same time, when it needs to get dramatic, it does. And the tension tension is there in in the soundtrack as well. And Jeff Daniels playing it straight in this. I say playing it straight, but this is before the likes of Dumb and Dumber and yeah. uh, Before Even Speed. Silly. Uh, before silly. Even Speed. Oh, way before Speed, yeah. yeah. Um, um, just a quick one, Ben, on the uh, the soundtrack. It's by Trevor Jones, who you will also know from Excalibur, Labyrinth. Runaway Train, Train, Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so it's got the... So if, again... It's stuff like that. The fact it's produced by Hollywood Pictures, a subsidiary of Walt Disney as well, again makes you think this ain't a this ain't a horror film. Um, but it is. It is a horror very, film. There's loads of horrific stuff. Is. There are people dying this, left, I'm right, and center. This was a PG. So what you, you said you watched when you were quite young. Then what's your what's your history with this one? Um, so growing up, my mum like hated spiders, and this was always one. I think like. Any of us that hated anything in my household, we'd also kind of be mildly obsessed with it. Like, I was super scared of zombies when I was a kid, but I loved watching zombie films and playing Resident Evil. Um, Scared of sharks as well, loved jewels. And I think my mum's the same, so she was, like, scared of spiders, but she's like, yeah, let's get arachnophobia on, because it's horrific. Um, I just want to feel something, you know? So, yeah, I remember watching it when I was really young, and I don't think it gave me a fear of spiders but definitely made me more aware of them i think whenever i saw any sort of spider i'd always think oh i hope it don't bite me and i'll just die immediately because yeah, that would be like a shame because literally there's no time it's not gonna make you poorly and you've got a few minutes to get some medicine it is that's it you're done <laughs> you're done for and dead <laughs> yeah you literally turn, turn to scatman john for a second and then and, fall and down it's kind of like your worst that's what it's like your worst nightmare isn't it like the fact that that could happen 
at any moment, and then that's it. You're done for. And these are little spiders that actually try and try and get you immediately. I mean, we should cover. Mm. We'll we'll cover performances as we as we go through and the stars. But for anyone who hasn't picked up on this bit of news, arachnophobia has been on our list. I would say for a little while. We do a creature feature Mm -hmm. once in a while, but it was accelerated to the top of our list because uh, of the sad news that um, the actor that plays um doctor the professor professor atherton um julian sands uh passed away the other week so rest in peace julian and i certainly think for a long time growing up he was this character for for me this is what i knew julian sands from i hadn't seen warlock until much later yeah so i've not seen warlock but you watched that fairly recently didn't you a long Um, while ago now yeah but yeah yeah so he's in a couple of warlock films isn't he um yeah, so he like went missing, like hiking or something, didn't he? Like in January, and he'd only just and his body was only recently found. Oh, um, I didn't know that. I thought he just I I I'd seen that he passed away. I hadn't read the news oh, as to well, what. Yeah, happened. so so I think like I think he was just on his own because he's like a mountaineer. So this is the thing. He's he's the real deal. Like not just not just playing some sort of like um jet setting. Uh, doctor, doctor, professor, professor of. He's a professor of spiders. Professor of um, entomology. So yeah, yeah he he's was... an action man. He's an action man as well, like a mountaineer. He went hiking in Mount Mount San Antonio, um, and was reported missing later that evening. Apparently, he didn't return home, and he wasn't found in all this time. I'm, I'm assuming that there obviously was some sort of 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 um, search party out for him, but it was on the tw- just on the 24th of June um, that human remains were found by hikers in the area where he'd apparently disappeared. So yeah, obviously quite a remote area as well. Oh, that's um, very sad. But obviously, you know, uh, someone who obviously lived the lived life to the fullest and went out there. I think we most recently saw Julian Sands in. hadn't seen him in in things for many years. Not so that he hasn't been working. I'm sure he continued to put films out. Um, but I last saw him in The Ghosts of Monday at yeah. um, oh, one yeah, of our Fright Fest movies that we saw. Um, mm. Yeah, so it was nice to see him back in that. I would say. Not to damn the rest of the film with faint praise. He was one of my favourite elements of that film, um, his mm. performance in that one, because he has a certain, I'm going to call it gravitas, and he has it in this film as well. Like, I would believe, certainly yeah. as a child watching it, but even even so now, if you were to say, oh, we've, uh, this, this, there's a professor, this, this guy is a real professor, you know, he like, immediately comes across as, this yeah. is a knowledgeable guy. He's got that eccentricity to him as the professor. He's always the character that stuck with me in this movie. And it's such a shame that like he doesn't make it to the end. It's such I a know. shame. It feels it feels almost unnecessary for him to, because I feel like you need to keep your expert in the film for as long as possible. Uh, I think you can kill your expert maybe like in the final battle when they've transferred their wisdom over to a main character and they're going right okay i'm going to use that wisdom that the late um doctor james afferton gave me but i don't know it just feels like he's kind of doing some obviously we're going to discuss it in full and there will be spoilers for this film i don't know it feels like before the final act he just is killed it's kind of gets got off screen almost you see him like go gasp and then we see him yeah, in a web later. It was unnecessary. I feel like I would have much rather, and no disrespect to John Goodman, because I know a lot of people like his character in this film. I would have much rather he he got got, 
you know, because I don't know, he felt a bit out of place in the film, didn't he? In a way, mm-hmm. like I, I kind of liked it. The, the, the um sheriff is a bit silly as well. Um, but John but... Goodman's character is almost like an outsider. He's like an exterminator that isn't part. Like he's not at other scenes. Like whereas the sheriff, you know, yeah. he is at the barbecue or they've seen him outside the school. He's basically turning up doing standalone scenes as an exterminator um mm. not tied into the community as much as the rest of them but um no shade yeah. on that performance it's another good one but yeah julian sands was the character that i um well his his character's the one i always picked up on from yeah this movie and look in the back of the pictures in the opening scene that we see him in dressed in an outfit that dr alan grant would go on to use in jurassic park <laughs> just a few short oh, years yeah. later a hundred percent like the Lovely neckerchief there lovely neckerchief sort of like denim or like blue blue sort of shirt just needs the hat and he'd have the look complete um so in terms of like cast we've obviously got jeff daniels um as dr ross jennings harley jane kozak as his wife molly jennings john goodman as delbert mcclintock who is the um exterminator dude julian sands dr james afferton we've already mentioned and then like an ensemble cast making up the rest of this township with some familiar faces francis bay i recognize her from like adam sandler movies um, just loads, loads of like familiar faces, loads of sort of character actors and bit part players that we kind of recognize from um, American cinema from this sort of era as well. Um, but yeah, I was really taken in by the small town environment, and it's one of those things like, sure, it's a bit out of date and it's sort of stuck in a time warp, however, it still feels like a nice place to be, doesn't it? It doesn't yeah. feel like the, I mean, maybe bring having one kid, doctor would be kids annoying. Up here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, because obviously the family, Jeff Daniels, obviously we'll discuss why they're in this small town. Um, but the sort of opening scene is with the British en- en- entomologist, that you say? An entomologist. So this is, yeah, we kind of get like, a, again, Jurassic Park energy. We begin with kind of a cold open off, yeah. off scene, don't we? Jurassic Park energy, Congo energy as well. The scene yeah. with... Um, Bruce Campbell, um, the sort of cold open where it's like characters in a jungle s- scenario. Uh, we know things aren't going to go well because it's going to be our introduction to what the threat is. So we have um, basically a photographer is our point of entry character. His name is um, Manly. Um, he's ever so manly. This he's guy. Ever so manly. Right. He's, he's, he's the he's most manly along. guy. Jerry yeah. Manly. Yeah. Jerry so Manly's like come along yeah. and he's basically doing some photography for atherton's expedition so they're in the right. venezuelan tepu tepui which is like the tabletop mountain like a flat sort of mountain south america thing yeah yeah so he's out there and he's with these entomologists they're finding new species of butterfly they're finding they're finding all these creatures and he's doing some photography for them um he's a bit of a fish out of water this guy he doesn't really like walking he doesn't really like you took the job, mate. You didn't think it was going to be in, like, you know, that you yeah. signed up for a jungle track. <laughs> Loads of those, like, aerial um, Fellowship of the Ring style um, sh- shots of, like, a line of people, like, traversing uh, the mountaintop, isn't there? Yeah, right, until they've got into the deepest part of the jungle where, as part of their their research, they stumble across a... Um, a spider that drops out of the the tree, but hasn't been yeah, killed so what, by the poison. So what they set up them. those those weird sort of like 
Yeah, so they put this poison gas. Is it like gas? They, they gas. Yeah, they gas the the canopy and they basically study the animals that fall down. I imagine yeah. modern yeah. conservationists will probably say there's a better way to study bugs yeah. than to gas them out of the trees. Seems horrible. I wouldn't want to stand in that particular area either. Yeah, because loads of things are just falling down, and and one of the things is like this: a spider, a newly discovered species of spider. Um, I don't think they say now, but they kind of think it might have prehistoric origin, and that it's been sort of because of geography, it's been kept in this place for it's possibly millions of years. And the thing about them yeah. is that they they don't have they see them as they as they go through it because they fuck. Old Jerry Manley, one jumps at him and goes in his camera lens and he stomps it to bits. Professor's ever across. He goes, all you can do is squash it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I don't know what else you'd do. Because I, I think I would be terrified the jump yeah, in the It jumped on your camera lens. And then it turns out that, yes, another one is... Um, they, find, they find another one just there that's alive as well. Um, yeah. And they find out that it has no... No sex organs, and they may, and they likely have a society. These spiders that are not solitary, but actually operate more like ants or bees. They have like workers yeah. or soldiers. So, like a hive. They talk about laborers and soldiers. They work as a hive, um, and yeah, that there's like a fertile male and possibly a queen. Do they say that? Yeah, they have a queen and like a and like a general, and then they. I think they 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 unpick this as the film goes on, but they basically have a quick look at this spider. Goes right, that's it then. Let's get back to camp. And as they go back to camp, cheeky little spider jumps out onto the onto the equipment they're carrying. So it's going. Oh, back he's ever to so base. cheeky, this spider. Yeah, and Jerry Manley gets a. He's got a, a serious fever on. He's, he's got a dicky tum, hasn't he? He's roasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's got a dicky tum. When they put the spider in the jar, it's uh, super aggressive. It's like sort of jumping up into the. Yeah. Real spiders as well. A lot of real spider work in this. When I was reading. Inspired yeah, even... by last week's guest, I've been doing some more trivia this week. Then, and they had uh, they had a real life um, professor Atherton, um, a famous entomologist who was like a spider handler to make sure all the spiders were treated very carefully and were not wow. not hurt. Yeah, because there's even bits when the spiders are getting sprayed with stuff, and like they're real spiders. Like, yeah, they're obviously get getting sprayed. They with just squirted them with water, and spiders apparently. Yeah. As not my words, Ben, the words of the expert. Um, well, here, so, so, so the safety, by water. safety of the spiders was paramount throughout the entire production. So, the scene where McClintock sprays the arachnid with an insecticide and squashes it with his boot, guess what? That didn't happen. Uh, they went to extreme measures. A dummy spider was sprayed, and then Godman, Godman Goodman donned special boots of a hollowed out sole for the squash. Wow. So, he actually did slam his foot down. So, he could have lifted his nice and safe. It's like playing wow. Danny Dyer's The Wall. It was like a little spider-shaped gap and he could just get into the right shape. Yeah. Not be so squashed. I'm assuming, so, so they're all... <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. Um, and I think the spider, the general spider at the end is animatronic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so real-life spiders, I think, really adds to the creepiness here. But the first spider that we're going to have, just to finish up our cold open... Old uh, Jerry Manley goes, I'll tell you what, ever since uh, Dickie Tom, I've been drinking the tap water. Idiot. Google that before you go, mate. Um, and Preston goes, oh, go and, have a, go and have a lie down. And then this is where you get the fear from this one because a spider gets into there. It, it, oh. You see, again, 
good like the, there's like a silhouette of the spider creepy crawling like along yeah. through his tent there's loads of good stuff like this so there's like the you see the silhouette at some point you see like a reflection of the spider like in a sort of stainless steel um surface and then yeah this like you see it coming up his um sleeping bag and sort of like the, it moving underneath there and, and then a lovely it, close up of the fangs yes straight into the skin uh, and he like gets it and then this is the thing like They've done an effective job of building up the fear here because it's not even that he gets an opportunity to like call out because you see like the guy jumps up and like goes ah yeah, and then he, he goes to like to shout out, yeah. but he's like hey. and then yeah like stuck with me this one watching it as a kid again forgot to say it. this was up there Ben for me with like Tremors Little Shop of Horrors other recent films that this this was one of my VHS yeah. is off the telly that I pretty much watched on rotation growing up. Yeah. So I saw this, yeah, I've seen yeah. this film probably among the top five or ten films I've seen numbers of times for my life. Oh, and this is yeah. one like where he, a moment of fear it comes through, you think, oh God, there's nothing you can do here. Like, even if yeah. they'd seen him get bitten, he is dead in seconds. Yeah, he'd just be gone, wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. Um ta- ta- and that's it. And then uh, the professor's assistant sticks his head in. Says, "Do you want a cup of tea?" What? <laughs> Do you want Shakes a cup him. Of tea? I'm boiling enough, mate. Shakes him, and then yeah, then the professor runs the and sees the professor. Comes, checks his pulse. He's dead. And then yeah, so they send Manley's body back to his hometown of Canema in California. Yeah, but of but course, we, when we they see it, when they seal him in the uh, coffin, you'll never guess the spiders got in there with him. He's ever so cheeky, this spider. He'd do whatever, wouldn't he? Um, so then we're kind of introduced to... Are we introduced to Jeff Daniels and, and the family? Like yeah, we, we see the family moving in. Um, sorry, Ben, I've now got it in my mind that this spider... What, what was he running away from at home? Do you reckon he'd had... Because this is the fertile male. Do you reckon he'd had a row with the existing queen? Where are you going to go yeah, then, mate? Sick of him. If you're like, Where are you, you... going to go? We've been a sucker for millions of years. We can't go anywhere. And he's he's like, storming out. It? I'm going to go. I'm going to go and you'll never see me again. All right, I'm go. Gonna start a, I'm going to start an army of my own. All right? I'm going to mate with a spider from somewhere else and start a mad a mad world-ending so, army. Yeah. The, the, the existing queen probably sat there going, I'll be back in a minute. Little did she know, he'd basically gone to America. He's gone thousands of miles. Five or goes west. Um, he's... <laughs> He's a... so so yeah when we're introduced to so it's dr ross jennings and his family have moved into this small town to get away from california sorry to get away from san francisco um the busy life in a big city um and become like us a, a, living in a small town where he become like the town's only doctor essentially taken over from some old coot i think he says that at some point as well yeah um who's retiring so he's going to become the doctor and they're going to just live out the rest of their days in a small town in peace and prosperity just have a lovely time and like look at it this is american houses for you look at that look at that square footage man what a big old oh, house yeah, they've ridiculous. got a cellar as well i mean he loves he once loves, he changed from a million house like that over here no definitely not um so he's getting all, all his bottles put down into the wine cellar as well he's loving life they've got a big 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 barn which obviously there was a moment a precursor to the spider mayhem they see a little spider jeff daniels is terrified of them of course um and they go and put it in the barn to to oh it's gonna live a lovely life out in this barn 
guess is this the nod to comedy? Like the, like is this where it's a comedy here? Because again, not jokes, but just some nice little bits of dialogue where you know the, the kids are shouting and he's like, Oh, sorry, don't worry, I'm gonna come and deal with this spider. And he goes in the house and calls his wife and says, Can you come here, please? I need you to kill a spider. Uh, yeah. and like, you know, it's like again, not not unfunny, I'm not criticizing it for that, but they're not jokes more than they are just kind of like light dialogue, right? It's just like one of those gen. It's just holding a magnifying glass up to gender norms, isn't it? I mean, really, he should he should be the one who's getting rid of the spider. Get a bloody glass, Jeff. Should put it over. Get a bloody glass, for God's sake. Um, I guess they've only just moved in. They haven't unpacked glasses. Oh, but we should say that the big spider is there because it's just been. There's just been a little scene where just on the same day it happens when. Jeff Daniels and his family are arriving um, in town. Jerry Manley's body is also arriving back in town. And sure the coroner opens up the coroner opens up the coffin. And and again, I didn't pick up on this as a kid. Um, it looks like basically I I'd always taken this as it was growing up as as watching it as a youngin, that this was just the fact that. He's decayed. He's a he's a wrinkly old body in there now, but yeah, actually no. something no, no, has no. gone gone awry, and he's been he's been slurped dry in this coffin. He's been slurped dry. He's been de- desiccated. The right word. Yeah, desiccated, desiccated like a coconut. Yeah. He can be scrim- sprinkled on some macarons or a snowball now. <laughs> um, but yeah, the spider escapes, and then we get again another low 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 lift comedy moment where the dog goes out the dog flap. And then the cat goes out the cat flap and then yeah. spider comes out the cat flap and a bird picks it up. Oh and that God. bird's probably thinking, bloody hell, I haven't had a spider this side for ages. And then it oh. just falls down dead after a bit. Yeah. And it lands. Yeah, falls down dead, obviously got bit. So In Jeff Daniels' new garden. Yeah, it does. So there we go. We've got the connection to our to our main characters already. Um, so it falls dead outside the barn, but it just put the spider, isn't it? Um, yeah, and wait, does, it says Ross and his son suffer from arachnophobia. His son scared of spiders as well. Yeah, I guess he's the one that calls his dad, but Jeff Daniels is mostly the one that has arachnophobia yeah. because no disrespect he's... to the actor, but the son is fairly well. Well, both of the kids are fairly non-characters, right? They just do, they just exist yeah. to show they have children. Yeah, pretty much. And then there's a bit of a fret towards one of the kids a little bit later where we're supposed to sort of be worried about. Do we actually ever see, not not that I expected there to be spider sex in this film, but do we ever see a moment where apparently they yeah, mate? Uh, after they've been put there, you see a little, there's a little cutaway where there's a the big giant spider and a tiny spider and they like touch fingers like E.T. They're like just meeting each other. <laughs> You'd be terrified, absolutely terrified. But I'm assuming like the other one's a female one. You'd just be like, oh, Jesus Christ, no thanks, mate. Can you imagine if people came in that size variance as well? It'd be like you meet, it'd be like you potentially meeting and be able to get to get together with someone that was the size of a car. Yeah, I mean, that sounds kind of terrifying, but also kind of pretty. Some people have a fetish for giant women. That's true. And by giant women, I mean literal giants. The size of cars. The size of cars, yeah. Giantess. So, you know, who knows? These things can happen. B-movie. Remember B-movie? 
Woman of the Bee. No, of the Bee movie. Yeah, but there was some sort of weird romance going on there. So there you go. It's an, it's one of those classic Bee movie stories. It's a bit of a weird romance, but we leave them yeah. to it, and then we see that. I tell you what, Jennings. Well, like when you, Dr. Jennings well, is like... the only. Pro- I'm just thinking about when you see Shaquille O'Neal like with 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 a girlfriend. It might not even be Shaquille O'Neal. It's somebody like that, like some sort of former basketball player, um, with a girlfriend who's. Sometimes I look at the photos and I think they've been doctored a little bit to make it look more ridiculous than it is. But... Who was the giant boxer that was dating um, Kirby from Scream Four? Oh, I don't know. Giant boxer, not like the Klitschko. Is it like the the big like? Oh really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's like that, effectively, but in spider form. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, Dr. Jennings' only problem isn't having a bloody spider in his house that his wife refuses to kill. It's um, the the doctor that you go see, Dr. Metcalf. He basically goes in for what should be his first day of work. Like, okay, so... I'm here, you're due yeah. to retire, and then Dr. Metcalf goes, oh no, I'm not retiring, I've I've changed my mind basically yesterday. I just decided I'm not going to retire. i changed my mind because I think I'm going to die basically if I if I stop doing my profession, and a lot of people he knows have died. Um, however, Jeff Daniels has like, moved, he's bought a house in this place, and like signed, I guess signed all the paperwork and everything he needs to to become the doctor in the town. But what's kind of weird, and this is obviously weird because it's set in the US is that like being a doctor is kind of treated like a business in mm-hmm. this things so, like I've got my got my own one and only patient and have they got anything wrong with them no oh bloody hell we're gonna be skint then aren't we <laughs> like you're kind of urging people to be unwell so you yeah. can make a bit of money I guess it would be I guess it's not completely dissimilar here right where you have GPs who like you know they'll have partners in the practice but in this case it isn't that he brought him on as a partner because then of course he probably yeah. would be incentivized to retire because he'd been bought out or because he'd been, you know, he'd sold yeah. that practice to someone. But whereas in this one, it's just literally it appears that Dr. Jennings, Jeff Daniels has turned up to take over the job with the understanding that they're completely unconnected, but there was basically going to be a vacancy because this other guy was retiring only for yeah. this guy to say, um, Obviously, quite a detailed thing. We had lots of conversations, but I've just thought, nah. And he's like, oh. That's literally it, isn't it? So, obviously, Jeff da- uh, Jeff Daniels goes back to his wife to explain everything because she's, like, quit her job as well um, for them to be out there. Or, no, she says something like severance pay, so she obviously... She's, she's like, in nondescript business. She's a nondescript businesswoman, isn't she? She's like, yeah, I'll phone my clients and I can work from home and I can get a fax machine. And... With a fax machine. And they t- don't you miss it? Don't you miss the office politics, the caffeine, the She's a financial advisor, right? Okay. Because it, it comes up later in one of the other fun little jokes that we have here. Well, yeah, the fun little jokes, yeah. So, um, yeah, you'd be fuming, wouldn't you, with Sam, Sam Metcalf? When he leaves, he's obviously having a bad day already. He When he leaves the doctor's surgery, he gets a ticket from the sheriff as well, who's like a bit of a douche, like a bit of a well-to-do. Well, he seems like the... I think someone says, oh, he's been a bully since school. So some, it's one of those people who's got like a chip on their shoulder. Now they're in a position of authority and they're taking it out on the world. Yeah, he's being a little... Lloyd is being a piece of shit. He's like giving the doctor a uh, ticket and then... 
Margaret I love Hollins. That, I love that Jeff Daniels is, is in a film with with someone called Lloyd again as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Lloyd's giving yeah. him shit. Margaret comes along, tears up the ticket. He goes, oh, you can't do that. I'm an optional law. And she goes, I'll eat shit, mate. But in a nice old lady way, way not a... Uh... Do, do what you want in, in a small town. Do you know what I mean? Police officer she used to be. She used to be his school teacher. I think. It's oh yeah, you're gonna take any shit from if, if he tries to arrest her. That's it. You can't. That that'll never happen. They get the K now. You for life. Sort him out. <laughs> um. <laughs> so uh, yeah. she, however, thinks that Doctor Metcalf is a right old hack. She goes, "Oh, yeah. actually, I'm. I'm your. I'm gonna be your patient because I think he's. I think he's rubbish." She says something like, "Oh, he's only just stopped using leeches." Right, <laughs> throws him under the throws him under the bus for being having like out of date methods and just being uh, an old, an old stick in the mud, a wrinkly yeah. old, dusty old bastard. Yeah, we. This guy is the. I would say for the first half hour of this film or so, is the main villain of the piece. Okay, I, he hasn't killed a photographer, <laughs> but um, he might as well have. He's he's the worst yeah. bloke. Because he's like, oh, I'm going to retire. Not really. Um, yeah. And then um, in an examination of Margaret, um, he goes, oh, you're like, I'm, he goes, oh, I'm actually pretty pissed off. You're really healthy. You're really healthy. He goes, oh, what about my hypertension, though? He goes, nah, nothing wrong yeah. with your heart. He goes, oh, I've been put on these pills. And he goes, chuck them in the bin. Don't listen to Check that. Mac Mac Metcalf give you pills for anything, wouldn't he? Um, and he <laughs> he does explain to his wife that he couldn't find so much as a wart on her. That's what he's looking for. He was looking every nook and cranny for a wart. Yeah, he couldn't find one. Couldn't find one. So she's all better, and she also has the good suggestion of, you know what? Everyone, when he when he first moved here after the war, um, everyone thought he was a piece of shit as well. So he had a big barbecue and invited everyone around, and then everyone liked him after after oh, yeah. that and the doctor's got a fun little other way around he's oh because they so they they put on a barbecue for jennings uh dr jennings and his family and the old doctor's there i oh, remember when i moved here everyone had a bloody lovely party for me margaret doesn't take no shit there she's like you give yourself a party she doesn't like she doesn't like roll <laughs> her eyes for yourself, and go, a dickhead. yeah she doesn't roll her eyes and go oh he remembers it slightly differently she goes fuck off <laughs> well, you ruined it for me. Yeah, so you're not. Just, just takes him down the bloody pegs. No, gave yourself a party. Um, yeah, and and so this is about, where we get talk to about all the characters, a... right? Yeah, yeah. So they throw a party. Yeah, obviously you get the um, uh, guy who works in the morgue. There's the yeah the mor- the mortician the mortician, mortician and his wife who steal all the steal all the hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, um, who's, who's getting tanked? Who's getting tanked up in this as well? It's um, it's uh, uh Jerry Manley's mom and dad. Oh, and I, yeah, I didn't, right, I didn't pick this up again. I just thought yeah, again, yeah, watching yeah. this as a kid, I was like, oh, no, you wouldn't. Local, would local you? alcoholic addiction's funny. Um, but <laughs> no, it's very serious. But, they lost their son. Yeah, she's He's saying desic- like, oh, completely desiccated. Yeah, she's saying like, oh, I couldn't even see him to say goodbye now following the film it's because he was all slurped dry by the spider in the coffin um but yeah i just again watch as a kid i didn't pick up but yeah that that is his family and she's obviously grief stricken yeah i mean not too grief stricken to just not go to the barbecue i guess but yeah don't bother you don't want to we had a few too many punches days ago 
Yeah. And he, they, say, they even say about Jerry Manley that you, you'd be the life of the party. You'd have had too many punches and uh, probably not got bitten by a spider. Yeah, because rather than thinking that his body's desiccated because of a spider, they think just that the methods of... It's the real of... life horror of xenophobia, isn't it? Good, all right. <laughs> Shit at preserving yeah. people in Peru, are you? Bloody, yeah, these Venezuelans, uh, Venezuelans, what they do, I, I, who knows what they've bloody whacked on it. But the, the body's gone to shit. But I mean, that's by default. Arguably, a lot of places in Central America um, are home to ancient civilizations and very well preserved bits of history. Maybe you, the maybe you could learn a little something from this. Exactly. It um, says here about there is a there is a scene that sort of shows the spiders, um, sort of loads of spiders arriving um, in the barn, hundreds of infertile drone offspring with their father's lethal bite. But they leave the nest after consuming their mother. I don't remember the, the consuming the no, mother, but they're I off. I remember that either. Yeah, they're off. Um, so then we see, obviously, lots of them escaping. And this is where, essentially, after this barbecue is where we get the first death. And unfortunately for Dr. Ross Jennings, is his first and only patient. And Margaret, she deserved better, really, didn't she? She did. Because all she's done is she's thrown a lovely party and then... Yeah. In a nice character beat where we, we never know anything about her her husband. We know that she's a widow and she's on her own, but she gets to have a little look at a character who's never uh, on screen. It was her it's... who said about you would have been the life of the party, wasn't it? Yeah. Talking about her husband. That's it. Yeah, sorry. That's it. I mean, yes, Jerry Manley sorry. probably would have been nice at the party as well. Yeah. It's not, let's not, we don't know that anything about him. But um, she says that and then she goes to turn off the light at the end of the day and Spider waiting in ambush, comes down again. Think about that. Think about it even after seeing this film. We're going to switch the switch your lamp off. If you have a certain lamp that you have to reach under the lampshade to turn off at the switch near the bulb, could be a spider under there. Could be a bloody spider. I think I do that every single night. Reach, reach down and like, oh, it doesn't bear thinking about. So yeah, she gets bit, um, collapses, and then we pretty much cut to the next morning, don't we, when she's would it happen like I always feel like this when someone like dies and then the next morning everyone's going, yeah, she died of this. Possibly wouldn't be fine for a while. I'm guessing lives on her own. it's a lovely community. They're all just checking in on their elderly neighbours, as you all should. As you all should. First thing in the morning. Um, yeah. So Metcalf straight up just says heart attack. Yeah, um, heart attack. Oh, I had a, she had a history of dicky heart because actually I had her on medicine for him. And Jeff Daniels, no, I took him off those. And he was like, you what? I'm going to I mean, sue you for medical from an outside, From an outsider looking in, you would think, what, you took her off the medication for her heart and she died the same day or the day after? You would be like, oh, a bit dodgy. Especially, again, <laughs> you outsider. That she was literally a ticking timer. She was one misdose <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah, dis- yeah. Misdose away. Exactly. Like, oh, no, I missed my, I miss my, I miss my tablet. Wait, let me just go and... The surprise of realizing that you've missed your tablet is what tips you over the edge. Exactly. Either that or it's bin day. She was there having missed the tablet. (laughs) Said, "Wow, what day is it? The bins. (laughs) Plenty bins. There's recycling as well." Um. So yeah, obviously now this after a big barbecue, you'd better be fucking shockers. Yeah, it really would. I tell everyone to take their own rubbish home with them. Don't want to be overloading my bin. All right, take all the or your tinnies home. Um. 
so yeah, obviously there's, there's some tension between old man doctor and and Japanese new man doctor because he's just like you you with your bloody new newfangled nonsense coming in here and killing my patients, <laughs> following guidelines he... that have been put in place. Exactly. Um. So yeah, and after that, well, so it was fast track to a funeral, isn't it? Um, because after that is when the coach of like of the high school football team says, "You want some business? Come down the come to the school later on, and I'll give you some business." What I'm gonna do is touch everyone's <laughs> bollocks, uh, and then they'll cough just to make yeah, sure he's basically he's basically doing the uh doing the medicals for all of the yeah. things. Is but he checking them for mumps or testicular torsions? But I don't know. I'll tell you what he's not doing. He's not checking the helmets of any of them. Well, he might be checking those helmets, but he's not checking the helmets that go on their head for spiders. He's because... definitely not. I mean, I would argue, as a medical doctor, <laughs> not in his remit. <laughs> <laughs> no. I yeah, know. I'll give but... you a whole 100-point health check. I'll check your bits all right, <laughs> see if you're good at coughing, and then... Little sweetener, this is for my newfangled medical practices. I will check your equipment for spiders. I will. But this is obviously he doesn't know about any spiders right now, and unfortunately, bad luck is the fact that ev- everywhere he goes, um, people are dying and it's making him look incompetent. So um so yeah, one of the high school football players, Todd Miller, like just collapses and dies, and obviously he's there as well, Jeff Daniels trying to sort of Get resuscitate him, and then after that funeral, he gets the nickname Doctor Death. Um, one of the kids from from nearby tells the uh, Jeff Daniels kids as well that they've called him Doctor Death. Wherever you go, these kids are disloyal motherfuckers. Surely, like, oh, I'm sorry, my mate Bunny from down the road slagging off your dad. You picked that. You picked her side. Yeah, we'll call him bloody Doctor Death. Shall we? Confusing, but obviously, Jeff is. Trying to get to the bottom of it because he's like, something's fishy here. Yeah, something's yeah, something's no good here. Jeff's not having it. And he's having all more nightmares as well. He's been using Chekhov's nail gun to try and sort out his wine cellar. Che- Chekhov's nail gun. Yeah, Chekhov's nail gun. I feel like if this, happened, and... if this happened, I'd be looking at myself going, is it me? Am I killing these people? Am, am, I, I, like... am I Dr. Death? But yeah, he's been, these... he's, his cellar's rotten. People are calling him Dr. Death. The mm. The but the person who's meant to retire is now also not retiring and saying, "I'm going to sue you, mate." Medical malpractice. But luckily, if he's had bad luck so far, Jeff Daniels, he's about to get a little bit of good luck, which is Metcalf himself getting got by the spider. Yeah. He's um, having a little so blast doing... on the treadmill. He's having a little blast on the treadmill, and then doesn't he say he's going to go and have a shower or something? But yeah, he didn't. and then he puts his foot in a slipper it's his wife's fault really because she says the floor is cold oh this is it you like because we see again good spider work again i assume this is another real spider because only the big one is a is an animatronic so little spider goes along and gets in his slippers and um (laughs) and it's a proper like willy won't he wear them it's like yeah oh okay i'll put my slippers on to come to bed I'll put my slippers on because I'm going out. No, 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 I just won't. No, 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 no I I'm, I'm, I'm just going to I'm gonna go for a shower. Okay, I'll just walk. The floor's cold. He goes, okay, I'll put my slippers on. And as soon as oh, he does it. Indeci- indecisiveness is the death of him. I'm pretty indecisive as well. I feel like oh, that's not the way I want to go, you know? Because I always feel like, you know, when you like get caught in two minds, you go, I'll do the first thing I thought of. 
no, I'll do the second. I'll do the first. And you do the first, but then something bad happens because of that. And you're like, I should have done a second. That's too late. I can't make a bad choice. Um, but I'll tell you what, though, <laughs> he does have the peace of mind to, because he goes, oh, buddy, hell, been bitten on the toe. Um, been bitten on the toe. Oh, yeah. And then he starts seizing up and he, he's able to go, oh, having a seizure, phone the. Found a good doctor. If you if <laughs> if you were there, Ben. So you know, in your life as a as a as an artist and designer, if you moved to a town where there was an old artist and designer who um <laughs> who said he was going to retire and then didn't, and you were fucked over, and then the first couple of people you'd done the design for died, death yeah. note style, um. <laughs> And then the the designer that hadn't retired went to die, and you got a sudden panicked phone call saying, "Oh, he's stuck on this job, and he's in the middle of dying. Can you You've come around and deal with it, please?" For me. You got would to design this ru- logo for me. Would you rush around, or would you be like, "I won't rush around. I go around the next day, and it. I don't go around now." Would you look at? Would you look at your phone? Obviously, this is nineteen ninety. There was no caller ID. If you saw that your mobile lighting up now, it was like. Dr. Metcalf's house, you'd be like, no. <laughs> We'd just be like, what on earth does he want? Like, at this time, is he calling He's me? He's going to talk say... about suing me again. Yeah, Not I ain't answering that. But yeah, by the time Jeff Daniels gets around there, it's good, really, because he is Dr. Death. So by the time he gets around there, he's already dead. And I think his wife even says, thank God you didn't examine him earlier. So, does he say that? Or does does she say that? Does he say that? Might be, might be a piece of shit, Lloyd. Oh, no, I think um, it is Jeff Daniels that yeah. said it. It's like, oh, thank God, someone that's died that I've got nothing to do with. Yeah. So, again, Ross, um, Jeff Daniels is trying to work out something's wrong here. Like, people aren't just dying willy-nilly. Who's this other person who turns up now? Well, yeah, I don't know where he's come from. But um, Milt Briggs, he's the, uh, apparently he's the county coroner. Like, um, uh, he, okay. makes, he makes a couple of calls. So we have a coroner that's in the local town, but he calls, like, the, yeah, he's like something's the, the, re- the, re- the regional supervisor. He phones him and says, "Can you come?" And he's on his side. He's like, "Yeah, we'll have a, we'll get autopsies. We'll dig those people up." And Lloyd isn't happy about it. The sheriff saying, "Like, you can't dig those people up from those eternal resting places." He goes, "Fucking can." Milt Briggs is on my yeah. side. Exhume. Um, I love that word. Exhume. Yeah, I'm, I'm exhuming him. I'm ex. I'll exhume him all day long. You watch it, Lloyd. I fucking exhume you. Um, I'll exhume the shit out of you. I'll exhume, yeah. Um, so and then, he, how, how does he start to work out that? So well, he, he works out there's a spider bite now, doesn't he? he kind of because the the Metcalf's wife, the other, the old doctor's wife, oh, says, "Oh, he yeah, got bitten yeah. by a spider just before he died," and he goes like, "Oh," but he he calls in some help. So we get Julian Sands himself comes back. Jeff Daniels phones up. He said, "Oh, I've heard you're the the best professor in all of." All of Spider Town. He goes, "Oh, it's very nice of you. Thanks very much." And he's a bit angry at first. He's like, "Oh, I think uh, spiders bit them." He's gone. He's gone like, "Fuck's sake, people coming here, <laughs> slagging off spiders." And that's when he does the little fact you mentioned earlier. I'm not sure it was before we started recording or not. That um, all the bugs that uh, you would have if there weren't spiders, actually, spiders, really good. Um, yeah, the best. So don't don't go slacking them off on, on <laughs> to to me of all person people a person who is a fan of spiders. But yeah, given the he does he doesn't quite put it together. But obviously he has a vague memory of Manly 
So when he tells them, oh, I'm in this town, he takes a little pause and he yeah. sends his assistant who is just... Hang on a minute. Just a I nice man that, that, might, that you might meet. Just a nice, helpful yes. assistant along. So he sends Chris Collins, his assistant, um, who comes and basically, they, yeah, what do they look for? They identify, I think he identifies spider bite marks on the body. All three. They, the autopsy. They so yeah, find all three. They find all three, yeah. Um, and when they're looking for spiders, well, they're looking at various things, aren't they? Looking at some webs and um, various things like that. And then when, the first spider they, spider they find is in a box of cereal, right? Dead in a box of cereal, which may or may not have been killed after it's all Lloyd. Yeah. Just yeah, chumming away on the cereal in a dead woman's house. Oh, yeah. Well, she ain't going to eat, is she? Um, and yeah, after that, they find they actually find a live one. It like, leaps out from behind the curtain. Um, and they manage to put a glass on it. And so they've got a species. They've got a live... They've got specimen. one that they can... They're, so they're doing their research. At this point as well, there's been a few cutaways where we've had a friend... Uh, John Goodman, Delbert the Exterminator, has oh, yeah. has turned up at this point. So, he's so he been got to... called. He got called in by the wife, Molly James. Jeff Daniels' his wife, because of the rotten wood in the cellar. I think has he got termites? And he goes, "Oh no, uh, the problem here is that you've got bad wood." We talk about the the the, the theme tune that goes alongside his his arrival <laughs> into the film. <laughs> Some great music in this. I mean, we'll talk about the song in the end credits as well, because wow, like an actual spider, loads of spidery lyrics. Yeah, um, excellent work, excellent work. But yeah, this is, but this is the thing. Like, sure, it is got horror vibes, but like this sort of stuff is a bit. Um, what film had like two police officers who were a bit like idiots, and the music was probably like. Yeah, something like that. Wasn't it's like it? a dragnet or something like that. Like, uh... what was it? There's a. It was a film we watched. There's a. I think the police. There was the police in the last house on the left had a sort of weird theme song, and I think it might have been Fright Night as well, where like the police had a sort of ridiculous, over the top, Fright Night theme. or maybe Maniac Cop, Matt Cardle. Obviously, he isn't silly. He's very serious. He's but far like... from silly. He's far from yeah. silly. Maniac. But yeah, this. This and obviously John John Goodman is a bit like just a, a presence, I guess you would say in this yeah. film. Isn't it? The music is like it's like a sitcom. It's very like sitcom. It's sitcom. Yeah, it's like, like... taking on his Roseanne days. Yeah. So he comes up the first time he appears. He is saying, actually, he's there looking for termites, not spiders. And he goes, "I'll take out like the, no termites here. You've got bad wood. How do you fix it? Tear out bad wood." Putting Goodwood, but then yeah. he appears. He appears again, and this is a throwaway scene. I don't think it matters at any particular part of the movie, but um, the main bit we get here is um, the daughter has gone for a sleepover at Bunny's. We've met her older, yeah. older sister. We assume for the purposes of the movie, her eighteen-year-old sister, because the next scene with her in it, she's having a shower, um, and mm. again. This is a um this is a bit that sticks with you because she is washing her hair in the shower, just getting her right old suds up, and um the spider is like crawling across the top of the shower cubicle and it 
goes down into a hair, slides so down. There's so many moments where spiders are on people's hands in this. You're like, how can they not feel feel that? Yeah, it's pretty pretty mad. That's their weighty spiders, but then she does see it and basically kicks it down the drain. The exterminator yeah. comes, has a look around for spiders, and then finds it outside, gives it a squirt with with um like insecticide, but it doesn't die, showing that they have some resist. I guess that's mostly to show that they're resistant to standard bug killers. Yeah. So he uses old painless, the old boot, and the old uh, big boot stomps on him. Gives it- Gives it a big stomp. In that um, bit of trivia you had where he had the hollowed out soul so the spider would actually be fine. Yeah, be absolutely fine. Um, so the small spiders used in the film, I've got some trivia here for you, were Avondale spiders, a harmless species from New Zealand that was provided by land care research in Auckland. Despite their fierce appearance, this spider is a docile member of the crab spider family and is in fact harmless to humans. Um, they were not allowed back into New Zealand for quarantine reasons. I just want to go and see my family. I've been gone for eight weeks. So it was a permanent relocation. It was a permanent relocation for those spiders. They had to emigrate permanently for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And the giant spider used in the film was a species of bird-eating tarantula. Yeah, they're the scary ones, aren't they? Um, those types are not easy to handle and can give a nasty bite. Did you Um, if you haven't already seen it in your other bits of trivia, Ben. Do you know what they use to replicate the sound of the spider being stomped on? If not, you want to have a little guess? What what oh, would you sp- if you were a full if you were a full spider artist, being it's gotta be some sort of fruit. Right? Some sort of eggs, maybe. Oh, eggs. That'd be a good one to try. They use crisps, apparently. Oh, did they? Any crisps. any crisps in particular? Frazzles. I think if you're gonna have a strong crunch for a spider, you're gonna want like a Maybe a kettle's chip, maybe. That'd be good. You want a handcrafted? Ninety nine. It was the day, t- time of the space raider. Yeah, you're not gonna have a maze based snack to do a spider, <laughs> unless they're very, very fresh. <laughs> Otherwise, that's more of a crush than a yeah than a snap. That's I mean, the standard walkers, I guess, would do you fine. Yeah. So, not long after this is when um, Doctor. James Afton arrives in town because they've made sort of a connection, haven't they? So, well, between, I think they, they find the spider bites, they're calling him, and then they've got the specimen ready for his arrival, and he turns up in town now. Yeah, that's right. Um, and how do they how do they work out that the spider arrived? He's like, oh yeah, the reason you knew knew this town was because it was where you sent Jerry Manley's body Jerry Manley's when you were town. looking, looking yeah. for the Venezuelan spider. And and Jeff Daniels is like, I reckon your spider hitched a ride here and is is going crazy. But yeah, they obviously dial it up a notch, don't they? They kind of, they kind of say like, oh, you never know what's going to happen. It's going to destroy this town and the next town. Yeah. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He, he implied, and, he, and the, the professor, I don't know, it's like a whole xenomorph thing. So there's this first wave of spiders that have a fairly short lifespan and are really poisonous. They have the poison of the big spider, but they're little like house spiders, yeah. um, they're, they're going to be going out there. That's why there's no crickets that you can hear. This is why they're wiping out the town. Oh, yeah. But he implies there's going to be an egg sac that will produce fertile spiders because of their crossbreeding and will um, basically wipe everyone out if it, if it can happen. It's terrifying. I'm feeling a little bit, I'm feeling a little bit itchy now just thinking about it. Um, so yeah, they sort of all join forces, don't they? So it's like Afferton, 
Dr. Ross Jennings, um, the sheriff, uh, who else? Loads of people. The exterminator as well. And yeah, so they work out short lifespan due to the crossbreeding. But yeah, that they're soldiers sent to eliminate potential threats with a male spider leading the colony, which he calls the general. And he learns that the general produced a queen inbred with her to make a second nest, which we've already mentioned, guarded by the queen. Um, worldwide dispersal. Jesus yeah. Christ. They're going to be all over the place if you don't get rid of these spiders. They yeah. have to work quickly. And that's where they've got the team. They've got Sheriff Lloyd. You've got the, what was the name of the... Um, Exterminator? Milt, Milt Briggs, the, uh, the, the oh, county... Yeah, Milt. The county guy, and then you've got the exterminator, Delbert, and of course, Dr. Jennings, yeah. not Dr. Then, Death, despite the fact that his own kids have sold him out and started calling him. Just uh, devastated. James Afferton sees a picture on the wall of um, a spider web, and he says, where is this? And they say it's the barn at Dr. Jennings' house, so he's like, take me there immediately. And they've just um, calculated, he... they've also just calculated that what's at the centre of these points on this map here yeah they basically say all, all the spiders are spread out like a web um in, in a map what's the point what's the center the central point it's dr ross jennings and molly jennings house of course um, so they're on the way back but the first thing oh shit you know who we've got to go and get first we've got to go and get the the, the main coroner um and they unfortunately are not answering the phone because it's time for the wheel of fortune it's time for the Wheel of Fortune. It takes the phone off the earth during the Wheel of Fortune. Oh, yeah. Someone with an important job, like a coroner. Yeah. Well, you know, it's quite it's a quiet time. Um, yeah, exactly. So so while they're there, they've got their, they've got their popcorn. They've got some fake butter pumped on there. Um, yeah. I, I don't mind they have the option. There's a bit of good, what do you want, real butter or fake? Like, fake. <laughs> I can't believe it's not butter, is what I want on yeah, it. Yeah, there's got some utterly butterly on there. And... Um, we again, these guys don't get it on scene. They go around their house to pick them up to part to do their final spider yeah. defeat, spider hunting mission. I think actually, tell a lie. I think um, Professor Atherton realizes that it's that house separately yeah. once Jeff Daniels has already gone. Yeah, um, that's right. I think so. So they they realize that this has happened. Um, they go to go and get the coroner, and again for a. PG Phil, I think this is horrifying. They're yeah, sitting definitely death still, waxen faces on the sofa. They go to talk to him, and a spider crawls out of his nose. Yeah, <laughs> it does. And it, there, is he a bit desiccated as well? A little bit? Oh no, he's not, well, he's just it must be dead. inside him, slurping him dry right now. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, pretty horrific. Um, yeah. That I, I I think that is probably one of the standout scares of this movie. Like a spider coming out of your nose, especially when it's the spider that got you. I'd say what give you a start if you'd been killed by standard murderer <laughs> and a spider yeah. had got in your nose while you were yeah. dead. Wow. Um so yeah, Afferton and the sheriff go to the barn. Um and then I can't remember. Oh yeah, and then he basically says this is this is where the nest is gonna be. Um, go and get everybody to the sheriff and the sheriff leaves and then that is when Afferton, Julian Sands gets got by the spitter, kind of like then he say something like coming, supper time or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's, he's like, to... he's twanging the <sighs> if there's any criticism of this film it's maybe that this guy who's a spider expert 
absolutely fucks it on knowing about spiders in this scene on his own. He sort of goes and twangs the main yeah. thread of the web and summons the spider. It's um, like he's attempting he to got. catch that general, isn't he? Yeah, so he gets got. Um, and then it's kind of like the big big finale pretty much now. Um, so Delbert, Delbert, played by John Goodman, finds finds Afferton's body. And like, oh my God, they got the doc. When you say that. That was um, an advert break when I watched this as a kid. It goes, oh my God, they got the professor cuts to ads. And it was one yeah, that we had, we'd, we'd missed editing those out. We hadn't been sat there with the pause button on the VCR. Oh, so no. uh, it goes to some excellent some classic adverts. 19 ads about Kidderminster carpets or Toys R Us or something like that. I love it. I love watching old adverts like that. Good times. Um, so then basically Chris, Chris, uh, who's Chris? Wait, Chris Collins. Chris. Oh yeah, he's the, a doctor. Chris, so he goes Chris to get assistant. I love it the on assistant. this scene because he hasn't met Doctor Jennings family, but they do take a moment of dialogue to introduce himself, even though there's literally spiders boiling out of the walls in the house. He goes, "Yeah, hi, I'm Chris. Nice to meet you." <laughs> oh shit, there are spiders everywhere. So this is where the spiders have truly descended upon the house. They're everywhere, all over the walls, doors, windows can't get out so they go they run upstairs to to sort of like climb out the window and, and escape from the house there but ross ends up doesn't there something fall on his face and he falls through the floor oh, so there's some the rotten wood. wicked scenes on this one so they go in and they calmly try to get the family out of the house but then before you know it the spider's crawling down the tv they're coming out of everywhere in the house um they get the rest of the family out of the window Chris unfortunately breaks the trellis, falls down. Uh-huh. Um, but as Jeff Daniels tries to get over, there's a bit, and as an actor, I think it would be quite, I think I'd be quite nervous, even if they are harmless spiders. He's he's leaning, sort of limboing through the window, and there are spiders sort of coming down on on yeah. silk strings towards his face, and he ducks underneath. They're coming out of the plug hole of the sink, they're coming out of there, and it's because they're protecting the nest because they the professors already revealed they wouldn't be any they'd be guarding the area but no spiders would go near the nest and then as you was just saying ben um he tumbles off the top of the stairs but as we learned earlier chekhov's rotten floor he falls through it into the basement oh, yeah in the Absolutely wine cellar devastated. where he is lying down there and he realizes hang on musty smell yeah. no spiders i'm in the nest I'm in the nest. He works it out straight away. Um, and it's, it's kind of um, ter- terrible for him. The man with arachnophobia, I know it's supposed to be he's overcoming his fear to like fight this final battle, but the fact he has to pretty much do it all on his own is is kind of horrific, right? Yeah, because Delbert, having found the professor, has got out the most toxic spray you can find that literally makes things... He's got basically xenomorph blood in a, can- in a canister. And he's yeah. squirting things, and he has gone into the house, like fully kitted up. Left the family outside. He's railing in there, trying to like blast them all. So he's getting his way in. Um, yeah. But Jeff Daniels is stuck in the basement where no one's looking. Mm. Devastated for him. Absolutely devastated. Um, and he has basically a two-on-one fight with the Queen first, who yeah. he eventually defeats by electrocuting. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the queen like leaps at him, and he ends up. Is that when he fires the nail gun and it gets? That's the last like, one. On the so thing? he he electrocutes the first one. Um, 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and then is and then he ends up in another fight with the with the general. <laughs> yeah, it's like the it's like the final boss, isn't it? The general. Um. Yeah, he gets the fear. There's a bit where he's like paralyzed by fear, and the spider crawls under. He's made able to recover as it crawls back and like bashes the uh, a bit of wood to basically catapult it into some fire. Um, he goes around like flamethrower style, big aliens energy in this, right? Like a crawling fast enemy. He's there with a flamethrower yeah. creeping around. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely like facehugger energy. It's terrifying. Yeah. And then we know, we, we find the Ed's egg sack. Little spiders start coming out of it, but that's when he sets the general on fire. It runs around screaming like the graboids at the end of Tremors. And then he, this is when he shoots it with a nail gun in the final confrontation and fires a flaming general spider gets nailed to the egg sack and it all burns up. oozes out and explodes and like yeah it's pretty it's pretty gruesome um but yeah it's what it deserved you know yeah it's horrible big evil and then, spider i mean it's a big dramatic scene but delbert does come and rescue him like 30 seconds exactly thank god it's like <laughs> yeah. don't mention it so in true indiana jones style if ross had been got by the spider delbert would have come in moments later and saved the day yeah so the spiders yeah. wouldn't have a don't worry for the fate of the rest of America, everybody. Yeah. Had even had Doctor Ross, not Ross ended up it, dead, it, it would have been solved moments later. Exactly. There we go. Uh, and that's it. And then, oh, they move back to San Francisco. I guess leaving that town doctorless. Yeah, I guess so. Unless anyone else takes up the mantle, but basically, they're trying to say, yeah, we've. We've had enough. We we tried it for a few days, weeks, probably a few weeks. Tried it for a few weeks. It was, to be honest, it was mental. What was it like in that town you moved to just for a few weeks? Spiders everywhere. Um, and yeah, then there's an then there's like an earthquake essentially. And they're like, San oh, Francisco. practically nothing. Practically nothing is fine. And then we get some lovely, we get a lovely song at the end of the, of the movie as well, which is called what's it called? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up. Do you know? Uh, da, 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 da. There's like a song called "Caught in Your Web," I think, which is, and there's another song called "Left My Heart." So I left my heart in San Francisco. Is it? It's on the soundtrack. That must be song... the San Francisco song when they're there, right? Yeah, yeah. So "Caught in Your Web," "Swear to Your Heart" is a song from there. I think that's got to be it by Russell Hitchcock. Um. Song was written a track from the soundtrack album of Arachnophobia. It's got to be in it. But let me just let me just try and work out what what the lyrics are because um because there are some absolutely <laughs> you do some googling and I will say it's an absolutely quality um spider based song. We wouldn't see the likes again until um Deepest Bluest by Ladies Love Call James in in Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> or a song yeah. about Samuel L. Jackson from the action movie SWAT. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah, listen to the end credits of SWAT everybody. It's something like I'll see you in traction thanks to getting shit beaten out of you by Samuel L. Jackson. It's I very think good. the song is called Don't Bug Me. Um that sounds about right. Don't bug me. I can't I can't work, I can't find out what the lyrics are because but, Google's yeah. not playing ball. Well, yeah, mine's going But yeah, there's loads of stuff like, you got, I got caught in your web, Um, don't bug me, don't squish me, is like something like, there's something like that, that they yeah. sort of say. It's all, it's all spider, like it's, it's written from the, um 
from the spider's point of view, right? It's written from the spider's point of view, yeah. Don't bug me. Don't mug me. I'm better left alone. Let me twirl in my world. Out in the wild unknown. Night crawling, free falling. Don't get in my free way. Free falling. Don't, don't squish me or death wish me. I can spin a web. I can spin a tail. Leave me in the jungle. Take me to the town. It's literally like they've just gone. <laughs> the plot of this movie. Leave us in the jungle. Take us to the town. Eight, eight legs and one pea brain. It's... <laughs> eight legs and one pea brain. Why is this from the point of view of the spider? Because it feels like you're you're kind of mocking the spider in a way by saying it's got a tiny little a little pea brain. It's literally like someone's given him the script and gone write a song for this this film. Were you? What what happens? Well, there's a spider in the jungle and then it gets taken to the town. Okay, first first line: leave me in the jungle, take me to the town. Well, Animatronic work there because we see the so... the big spider's <laughs> eyes with the flames reflected in them. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, when it's on fire running around, it's pretty cool. It's terrifying. Um. Unfortunately, Don't Bug Me by Jimmy Buffett is on the Reddit um, page, Crappy Music. Well, it's the thing with this. Yeah, like no quality control on Reddit, is there? Like, put what you want on there. Put what you want on there, yeah. I mean, Uh, I'll do do a quick check. Is this, is is Don't Bug Me by Jimmy Buffett on Spotify? Let's have a look. Is it on Spotify, did you say? I'm I'm just looking it up. Uh, got, no. If it is, it's not. It doesn't, it doesn't appear to be. Don't bring me down by the elect- electric light, light orchestra. Don't hug yeah. me, I'm scared. Um, uh, a podcast episode called Song Lines and Tan Lines. I'm guessing that is an episode about that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, do get right into Spotify, everyone, because currently you cannot enjoy Jimmy Buffett's Don't Bug Me. Yeah, that's platform. very, very disappointing. Very disappointing. I'm going to be writing a, an angry letter. Um, there we go. Then that is that. Have you that's got arachnophobia? Some... Yeah, I'm going to let you do. I'm going to let you take the lead on the name game. I might chip in with one or two, but I'm sure yours are a lot better than mine. Right, I've got I've got five for you, um, for you today. But actually, I don't know if you've seen this in your trivia, Ben. So answer honestly if you have. But inspired. By last week, I've got a little bit more. Tri- so you can have a couple of trivia questions if you would like first. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so the first one, first bit of trivia I have for you is, what did, especially given the comedy elements of this film, what did Steven Spielberg want to run as a short before Arachnophobia in cinemas, but couldn't because it wasn't ready in time? It's got to be Jurassic Park, right? Something Jurassic Park. Just a short one. It's not Jurassic Park. It's not okay. Um, um, any other guesses? Just is it just one of his films, but a short version? It's, like sh- it's a short animated film featuring whom? Oh, a short animated film featuring ET. No, um, it's Roger Rabbit. So, oh, okay. Given the period of time, so those are people who remember Roger Rabbit. It begins with a Roger Rabbit cartoon, right? Before it pans out to the series. If you've mm-hmm. seen Roger Rabbit, it's available online or it was on the DVD of the film when it came out. They made another two Roger Rabbit short films. So it's basically just a Roger Rabbit cartoon. Steven Spielberg wanted to play one in front of Dick Tracy and another one in front of Arachnophobia, but it wasn't ready until two years after it came out. Oh, it wasn't wow. finished in time. So there you go. That's a little trivia there. And the other bit of trivia I have for you is obviously they used some real 
spider actors or erectors uh, in this film. How, yeah. What did they use to get the spiders to hit their marks? What did they use to get them to move in the ways they wanted them to move? Oh, some sort of some sort of like little insect treat, like a little 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 fly, fly on the string, little fly, or some sort of like sugar water. I don't know. Does that even work? Ah, these the these the hair dryer. Just to give them a little blow. <laughs> oh right, okay. Use the hair dryer to get them to move where they wanted them to. That's good. That's good. I like it. Okay. Right. Now it's time for the traditional name game. Um have you got the, the synopsis for me there, Ben, and I'll see what I can do with it. Yes. Yes, of course. So the synopsis for arachnophobia. A species of South American killer spider hitches a lift to the US in a coffin and starts to breed and kill. Okay. Going to completely ignore that because uh, I'm going to go with one that talks about Jeff. So, a new a new doctor moves to a rural community, and through events that unfold with some dangerous spiders, I imagine. But these spiders are really into accessing your computer illegally and stealing your information. He's afraid of it. It's Jeff Daniels. Accessing your so a hack. Yeah. He's afraid of it. And it sounds like arachnophobia, the film. Arach... Uh, Arach... No, no. What did I say? A hackophobia. A hackophobia. That's what he has. A hackophobia. Yeah, I'm terrified of that. Get yourself a hackophobia. Yeah, get yourself some VPN coverage, guys. And please don't reuse your passwords. Come on. Um, <laughs> so this time, uh, a doctor moves to a small town hoping to escape the band who most famously produced My Sharona. Unfortunately, a hybrid of that band follow him there. Um, a knack-a-phobia. The knack-a-phobia, correct. The knack-a-phobia. Um, nice. Next, Jeff Daniels moves to a new town only to um, face the problems, the fact that... Um, He's not able to escape his fear of the lead character from Saved by the Bell, who follows him there. Oh, the lead character from Saved by the Bell. I can only think of He's a little bit of a he's a little bit of a player as this character. And you know, he's oh, always going the... on two dates at a time or or the like. A uh, Jack? It's phobia? Not, it's not it's not Jack. I don't What's the coolest that. letter of the alphabet? The coolest letter of the alphabet? After X. Z? Yes. Zach. Zachnophobia. Two to go for you. Uh, uh, actually, right, I'll, do, I'll save them a bit my favourite one till last, but here's another okay. one for you. So, nice easy one. So, um, Jeff Daniels, Dr Jennings, moves to a rural community, but bearing in mind it's a rural community, he finds he's confronted by his fear of uh, just animal dung particularly a slang term for it animal dung or things that are not very good i guess as well he's also not he's not a fan of that either he's afraid of it uh a crapophobia a crapnophobia that's what he's got crapnophobia okay. finally <laughs> yeah jeff daniels dr jennings moves to a rural community hoping to escape from 
his long-standing fear of the 44th president of the United States. Unfortunately, he's still in America and he has to face him. The 44th president? I've got awful, awful knowledge of presidents. Is it someone in the last 100 years? Uh, Donald Trump was number 45. Oh, Donald Trump was number 45. So He's afraid of the 44th president, though. That's the one he's Barack- afraid of. Arachnophobia. Arachnophobia. Very good. good. That's good. That's good. I like it. Right, I'll try and deliver two. I'll, I'll give you two. Right. Two were very similar to what you'd already done, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. Um, first one. A species, a South American killer spider, hitches a lift to the US where they get entangled with a certain famous crime family from a famous TV show, possibly some people say the best TV show of all time. Um, and the leading man from this <laughs> from this TV show, one of the spiders goes right down into his arse. Because um, he's he was he leant over and he didn't have a belt on that day. So, so a bit of his the, the crack a crack a crack. The lead character from the most famous crime family in fictional. Tony Soprano? Television. Yeah. I've never watched The Sopranos. James Gandolfini, the actor. <laughs> no, just the character's name. Um, is it Tony Soprano? Yeah. So, so a crack. <laughs> How do I make Tony Soprano fit into arachnophobia? <laughs> It is a crack of Tonya. <laughs> a crack of Tony. Uh, there we go. Told, I told you it was bad. I, I warned you. About yeah, this. I really got a crapnophobia now. That's good. Crapnophobia. Okay, last one. All right. Arachnophobia, the movie Arachnophobia, mm-hmm. is remade. Um, By James Wan, as, as, as rumors apparently attest <laughs> yeah, to. There right are now. rumors, aren't there? There are rumors. Um, is remade by an ensemble of female comedians famous for a Channel 4 late 90s TV show. Thank God I've got one. It's a, a smack my ponia. Smack the ponia. A smack the ponia. That's correct. Um, oh. <laughs> so you see, usually I try and be as simple as possible. But for some reason, I was in your mindset of like trying to replace every word, so or every syllable of the of the of the title. But Very yeah, good yeah. is what I say about that. Very good indeed. Ten out of ten. Well 10 done, everybody. 10. No notes. Zero notes. Uh, there we go. So we just got to rate the movie as well. How would you like to? Oh, you know what, Ben? I've thought I've thought about this um, long, long and hard, and I still love arachnophobia. I think it held up really well because real spiders, tell you what, don't age CGI wise. Like they no. they still look like actual spiders. Um, yeah, they 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 look like real spiders. It's still very creepy. I think it has more. I think it has more horror elements than you would think from when you see it represented as a PG rated uh, yep. kids. And obviously spiders represent a real fear for someone. I still find it very, very charming. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go for this. An A minus from me. I think it holds up really well. 
A minus. Okay, nice one. Yeah, that's good. I rate it highly as well. I think I've always enjoyed it. I've seen it dozens and dozens of times, I think, in, in part. It's, again, another one of those films that if it's on TV, you'll just sit and watch a bit of it, wouldn't you? Yeah, and absolutely. You could, if, you, if you saw that spider coming down to someone's hand, you'd sit and watch the end, wouldn't you? Yeah, most definitely. And a lot of people said this did for spiders, what Jaws did for sharks. It's got those vibes, isn't it? It's got like the those gremlins vibes as well. Like the um sure these things can kill you, but it's a bit it's a bit tongue in cheek. It's a bit it's a bit of a good time, it's a bit yeah. fun. Um but yeah, I think sort of pushing it forward as like a horror comedy probably isn't correct. I think it is just like a a horror move a fam a kind of PG thirteen family friendly horror film with some laughs yeah yeah um i'll probably just go for a b plus i don't think it's right up there in terms of maybe maybe it's just one of these because i've seen it so many times it's kind of lost the not the magic but it's lost the impact perhaps that it would have i think if i'd seen this for the first time i probably might have gone a bit higher but so you're a big boy yeah. and you wouldn't and you and you are not so scared of spiders anymore i'm a big boy not so scared of spiders but i did get like all itchy and a few times like ooh. Like that, like I've got to go. Like I won't be able to just go to bed now. I'd have to do something else to cleanse my brain. Something about talking, not talking something about not spiders. Like what's got some? What's got no legs? Snake. Yeah, watch watch some watch snakes on a plane. I watch snakes on a plane. Yeah. Somewhere. Um, I mean, I know in recent years you've been doing some introductions to horror with your with your daughter. Where do you think she would land on arachnophobia? Oh, see, Have you seen it? So I, I asked her to watch this with me. But she was just, she just said no. And I think it wasn't just because it was a spider film. I think she was just not in the mood to watch anything like this. So, yeah, she'd probably be a bit like, oh, it's horrible. But I'm sure she'd be all right with it. Horrible She's spiders. Brave. She's brave, she claims. So, but I've got to find something that's going to terrify her, haven't I? Um, so, there we go. That is Arachnophobia. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, Become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to our current patrons, including John Crin and Ben Scape, Stephen Christopher, Toby Miller, Scott Rigby, Lane Spencer, Ollie Child, Leslie Carlo, Julia Bilgren, Nick Spill, Troy Bursch, Rosalind Harnies, and Pazuzu. Thanks to Taj Easton for hosting. Sorry, thanks for Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or a, a review. Here's something interesting. In Search of Darkness documentary makers on Twitter and Instagram recently put out a tweet saying, hey, what horror podcast should we listen to? Uh, a handful of people have said the Horror Hangout podcast. Thank you so much for that. Um, but yeah, if you've got, if you follow In Search of Darkness, 80s Horror Doc, I think it is on Twitter or Instagram, just go and give them a nudge, give them a message. Who knows? Maybe for the next version of the documentary, which I think is going to be like the 91 to 94 uh, maybe they want some right horror dudes to give their opinion. I'll tell you what, Ben, I I have recallable memories from the 90s. We could be talking arachnophobia on there. Probably stay we on could. topic more. But you know what? They edit more when you make documentaries. We're fine. That's true. We could just ramble for a few hours and then they just take the 14-second snippet well, of what... Keeping of what editors employed. Thank You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so, yeah. Also, we are on... Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Next week, we're doing 28 Weeks Later, a sequel that we've sort of talked about doing for quite a while. Um, but 28 Days Later recently turned 20. I think it's like, I think it's like 21. I think it's like 21 years old for the UK, but it came out in the US like 20 years ago. And I thought 20 was a nice round number. So let's go and do the yeah. sequel 
Because a lot of people like the sequel. I quite like the sequel. Yeah, I've already seen the ones, I think, you know. Looking forward to watching it Have again. You? Yeah. Oh, wow. Jeremy Renner himself, isn't it? Didn't even remember that. All right. That sounds Exciting. very good. I'm looking forward to it. And I think we should probably close today. Bearing in mind, we did it in his honour. So once again, rest in peace, Julian Sands. A character actor that will live on in our memories. What a, yeah. what a, what a watch, performance. What... Yeah, go watch this. Go and watch Warlock. War- yeah, isn't the second this, one well, Warlock. I don't, I've not seen Warlock too. Maybe I'll, I'll maybe I'll find out. Yeah. But yeah, he's okay. good in Warlock as a vill- villainous role. This is his standout for me. Uh, if you can find it, I'm not sure what the distribution deal is with um, Ghost of Monday. If you want to see him something in later in his career, mm. go and check him out there. But a fabulous character actor who it's a little bit sad we didn't see in more of the films. I think he has a good vibe for this type of role. Mm, yeah, definitely. There we go. Um, thanks, Andy, for being a right horror dude. And I'll see you and I'll see everybody else next week. Thanks, Ben. Goodbye, everybody. Check for spiders. Check for spiders everywhere. See you later. Bye for now. Check your helmets. <laughs>